0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast, I'm Andy, I'm joined by Vance in the front of the ranger, we have a special guest today, he's, I think he's pulling a ranger, and we also have Todd Young down in, uh, at home, and uh, our little special guest today is Greg Thomas. He's uh, driving in his car, so we're going to see what happens. still
1: driving, if you hear a loud noise,
0: that means I'm not driving. <laughs> <laughs> a dial tone then <laughs> we should be yeah. calling someone you're, you're
1: here you hear a dial tone call nine i'll give
0: you the uh <laughs> line. nice that's nice um this podcast brought to you by fatty z musky products fatty musky.com find us on uh, facebook fatty z musky products uh also brought to you by muddy creek fishing guides mcfishingguides.com uh muddy creek fishing guides on facebook also you could friend todd young on facebook that's more current than his facebook page and we're also brought to you by battle the beast guide service we got greg here today so he's a he's a sponsor jeez there you go there yeah that was the easiest
1: sponsorship i've ever
0: got oh (laughs) yeah
1: we're (laughs) easy here we're easy
0: yeah (laughs) we're easy and we're not that expensive Um, (laughs) Yeah, Vance is screwing around with stuff and dropping things all over up here. Yeah, Boga grip. Boga,
2: don't believe in them.
0: Don't. They, okay. they, they kill fish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Greg. Um, I think most people know you. You're you're a muskie hunter. You got your videos. You do uh, the Ohio muskie show, the new Kentucky show, which the name slips me right now. I might as well just let you take over. You know all this stuff. Uh, get out your plugs. Yeah.
1: The, uh, yeah, we got the Ohio Muskie show that we're be doing. It's uh, been going on now for actually going on a long time. And me and uh, uh, a friend, uh, Tony Grant, we've got Muskie Road Rules, which is an organization we've been going now for going on 13 years. And we've had the Ohio Muskie show now for three years. And uh, it's a nice show. It's in Columbus, Ohio, the last uh, full weekend in January. And we've we're pretty happy. We're starting another one this year in Kentucky, a Southern Muskie Fest. Uh, it's the last weekend of February. It's on a Kentucky. should be a Should be a fun time. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of lot of stuff going on this winter. I'm just kind of finishing up my my regular season right now. I've got maybe a week or two left. Uh, regular fishing season, and I got to dive in front of a computer for for three months.
0: That sounds so, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, what? That sounds like a lot of fun. You, you you fish every day and then you just go sit in front of a computer. Oh, no, yeah,
3: yeah,
1: it's two worlds are parallel. Uh, but no, it's uh, yeah. I'm actually right now I'm driving uh, driving home back to Kentucky. I've been on the road. That's my first time home since June the eighth wow. of this year. Wow. So I haven't seen my house since June eighth. So <laughs> I, I hope someone fed there. the dog. <laughs> I hope you don't know have.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I have no. I have open no I let okay, food. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Okay good. Uh you fill the cat litter box.
3: <laughs> yeah, I
1: fill the cat litter box they, I can't even have a cactus. I can't cactus. Have <laughs> a cactus. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: yeah, no, it, it's not good. So I gotta go actually gonna see my home, but I, I've been on the water a lot. I spent uh, I've, been at, I've been at St Clair a lot this year, which is kinda of, uh, kind of a new thing for me, a new lake, uh I've I fished it several times in the past, where I've actually kind of made it my new home in the summer and late fall. And actually, I just got back to St. Clair. It's been 40 days in Minnesota this year, um, in October and, and early November. I just I, I, I drove over from Minnesota last um, last week to St. Clair, which I'm real happy to report that I hit my 24th deer um, on that trip.
3: So
0: 24, uh, so.
2: 24, 24, yeah, two, two
0: dozen. This um, year, that's a, no, no, not this year. That's oh. a lifetime. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lifetime.
3: Go on. <laughs>
1: um, So, uh, so yeah, but no, I've been fishing and and uh, actually got off the water about I don't know an hour and a half ago, and I'm driving right now, and I don't know for guys that are listening that are fishing St. Clair, it's, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty good. It's been consistent. We're catching fish. I can't say that it's been dynamite, but we're getting fish. The water. With all this wind, has got the lake really mucked up. Um, you can see it on the satellite images. You can see how uh, how muddy a lot of the lake is. Uh, but you know, we're getting fish. The uh, casters are getting fish on uh, the medusas and and uh, the the pounder bulldog seem to be pretty good for the casters. Um, the the black orange fall liquor color has been good. Walleye's been good. The water, like I said, the, you know, the lake's varying right now. Most of the fish we're catching are in the the dirtier water where you can see maybe two to, to four feet casting, the spots we're getting them trolling in are actually dirtier than that. I mean, the, the water I'm catching them casting in, is, is some of it's just the mud, where you can see only about six inches. But, you know, yeah. as far as the, the trolling bite goes, we're getting bait, getting fish on, um, uh, you know, a bunch of different crankbaits. I've actually been doing good on uh, uh, Dale, maybe some of those straight, uh, the, the nine-inch straight deep divers. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, the big fat bodies, the Wiley wily Lords. Yeah, yeah, the big, super big fat bodies. Those uh, we got four on those today. Um, and then uh, uh, every day's been different, though. You know, today uh, you know we're fishing water that literally you can see six inches in, and they're eating brown. So I think they just they they're eating whatever they can't see. Um, and it's just weird. I mean. And another buddy of mine was out today. He was getting fish on, uh, big tough shads and, and headlocks. Um, for us, it was the Wiley's and getting a few fish on Ziggy's. Uh, but the fish on St. Clair in the fall, I mean, the lake's not deep anyway, but they tend to run up, um, in the shallower water, nine to 12 feet seems to be the best. And, uh, you know, more closer to shore and, you know, water temps right now, it dropped last week. We had huge winds last week. 45, 50 mile an hour winds at the end of the week, and um, you know the water temp drops from like 52, 53 to today it was like forty-seven. So mm. and uh, but it was real warm today, but they're giving another drops towards the end of the week, so I'd say it might go a little closer to normal for for November. You know. Mm. Yeah. What are you doing, Greg, with your with your clients when you get to the big winds? I mean, are are you getting cancellation days, rescheduling people? Uh, we're really you just find just playing work? rummy. Yeah, for, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, really good at playing Rummy on those days. Um, yeah, no, you, you can't fish. I mean, yeah. if it if it's twenty mile an hour winds, yeah, you can fish that. But it was like okay, it was, you can't fish. Thirty mile an hour winds, you might as well forget it. I mean, yeah. there's not much you can do on Saint Clair. You're dealing with a lake, two hundred seventy thousand acres, average depth of fourteen feet, and. Uh, you know, you just can't do anything about it. Uh, yeah. that's actually why I'm going, uh, I'm getting this chance to run home right now. is because, um, th- you know, they're giving, tomorrow wouldn't be bad. It's like 20 mile an hour winds, but now Thursday, uh, Wednesday is back 30 plus And, uh, the guy I had, uh, was having trouble coming for, uh, I told him, I said, there's no way we can fish Wednesday. And he just couldn't make it just for one day. It wasn't going to work for him. So, um, this sucks, you know, you can't really, yeah. I was telling a guy the other day, you know, at this time of year, I mean, I'm a full-time guy, I've been doing it now, you know, gosh, I'm 20 years next year, Ugh, I'm old. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it, you know, you, you can kind of plan on a little bit as far as, you know, in the summertime, you're like, alright, I'm going to work this many days a month, you know, and, and, and you can fish in big wind in the summer because, you know, if you get wet, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the fall, you know, it's, you know, you get these big winds that come in, you get a cold weather, it's just more dangerous, and you just can't plan on it as much. You know, that's why in the fall, I almost always, you know, have a two-day minimum. You know, guys at least come for two days, I'd rather do three days, just because if we do get um, screwed on a day, you know, that's um, yeah. like, you know, like last week, yeah. You know, we fished Wednesday. Wednesday was a nice day. It wasn't bad. You know, Thursday and Friday was 35 to 40-mile-an-hour sustained wind with gusts to, you know, a lot. Um, <laughs> so, and that was the problem, you know. We just, you can't, you can't play on that stuff. I and mean, then you can't say, you know, guys say, oh, can't you go up in the river? You know, like, you can do what you want, but it's, it's still, it's, it's just hard to do.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, you, you, you. Out of everyone I know, you travel the most to go fishing. I mean, like you said, you haven't been home since June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I mean, it's... Are are you just chasing a bite, or are you you just like, I know there's going to be fish going on here. I'm just going to go do it.
1: Well, a lot of it is... You know, I try to uh, plan it out. I mean, I used to do... I did Minnesota for... Since 2000... Well, how it started uh, was I, I, I... I started going to Hayward in 2000, and I did that, and, and Hayward was good. Hayward was counting. and Hayward was good, but, you know, it really wasn't great. I didn't get that much business up there, and then I got lucky. I made a, a, a friend of mine through the PNTT, um, uh, Jason Hamernick. He introduced me to Mille Lacs Lake Lake in Minnesota, and that was right when Mille Lacs was starting. It was actually before Mille Lacs got, got real popular. I was actually kind of, you know, on that wagon there when that lake was getting really good. And so from two thousand one to two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven, I mean, I fished Mille Malax Lake exclusively and got a lot of big fish. It just you know, it blew up and then it kinda I don't know what happened to it, it 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 just kinda peaked and I think we lost a lot of fish that, that wasn't getting naturally reproduced and you know, fish just get old and they die. Uh, and then I started fishing some smaller lakes in western Minnesota. I kind of moved my stuff to western Minnesota over, you know, in the Miltona, West Battle, um, Detroit Lakes area, uh, closer to Fargo, and uh, fished that hard till from 2008 till 2013, oh, 14. And then, you know, last year I was like, all right, I could see that kind of decline a little bit, and St. Clair was getting, you know, rebuilding and, and some popularity and you know they had the VHS disease go through there, which I think actually helped the lake. And you know, now since we got a, a really nice, healthy population of fish, and uh, you know, for me, my biggest client base is Chicago, and St. Clair to Chicago is five hours, so it's a really easy trip for the guys. And so I, I started doing St. Clair, and uh, you know, now so now my schedule is, you know, I come to St. Clair mid June, early June. Day till about the end of september i still love live bait fishing out in minnesota so and i've got enough guys that really like doing it so i can i go out there i'll book about 35 40 days out there uh live bait fish and then before it gets ungodly cold i shoot back to uh um i shoot back over here to st clair and kind of finish up the year and uh usually around early you know early december i'll be i'll be done
2: what's what's the size of those suckers you're using out there when you're live live bait fishing
1: um you know i like bigger ones i mean that right around 18 inches is about the size that i is about the average size i run i you know i'll use them as small as 16 i don't like going smaller than 16 (laughs) um, i've used them all the way up to 22 23 inches
2: we can get that size Um... out here in pennsylvania right yeah, that's called well, a no. trophy.
0: That's called a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> you get a certificate from the state if you get one. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Probably yeah. get a free mount.
1: <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, you know, Minnesota. They, it, it's really funny because the live bait thing in Minnesota. They used to, they used to have a law where, um, you know, you couldn't uh, sucker fish. In the state of Minnesota, you couldn't use a sucker over 12 inches. That was the law. That's what was written in the book. But they also, under that, had a law that said you can use any size uh, rough fish for bait. And underneath that, it said a sucker over 12 inches is considered a rough fish. So <laughs> why they had yeah. that there, I have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, and so, you know, you can use the big suckers and stuff. And I make my own rigs and everything to hook fish on them. And the reason I like the bigger ones is. I like them fish have and have a really good population of adult fish in them, and, you know, it's in the fall, you're not really, I don't really care about a 40-inch fish then, I just want to catch, you know, something pretty good size, so uh, using the bigger suckers, you just tend to get a bigger fish on average to bite it.
0: Nice. Now, how, how do you get them suckers? Do you just catch them yourself, or you just spend 50 no, bucks a piece? No, no,
1: no, it's Minnesota, it's the land of 10,000 long. You have to go through a whole process. It's like an adoption. You okay. have to basically buy them through a bait house. Um, it's it, it, it's this, you gotta you gotta buy them through a bait dealer, okay? And these bait dealers used to be years ago. They had a thing that was uh, they they threw them away because nobody used them. They would catch them in these lakes um, that they would they, they would get their other bait in. And nobody used these things, so they just throw them out, and, and then finally, some of the monkey guys. You know, I was buying these things for a buck a piece five years ago. Uh, and it was great. You know, it's cheap and it and uh, and everything. <laughs> and you know, now they're ten bucks a piece. Um, wow. But you have to go to you have to go to a bait dealer, and you know, you, you know, and, and you got to realize too, a sucker in that eighteen inch range. You're looking that fish is uh, four years old. So it takes some time to grow these things, and. And a lot of the dealers now are finding out that you know they've got to like set aside special ponds and and everything. It's not easy. I mean, my day in, in the fall, I, I my day starts about five a.m. and I'm to drive into the bait houses to find them, and I got to buy ahead, and it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I remember hearing a story, a story about two years ago, but uh, when you were going to try that down at the cave, cave run, and you made you made a trip to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, bait. that was real. That was real close. That was real yeah. close. That was, that, was a, that was a that was an easy one. Yeah, I uh, to get the bait. I mean, and, and that's what i mean. So I've looked at it. I, I've got the same thing. I've got some older guys who would like to try it. You know, because that's the way they used to fish here, Chautauqua too. And uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't find anywhere to get them. I mean, people say, yeah, we've got big ones, and they're like eight inches long. I mean, it must be something. Yeah. Like, you catch bass on them. I mean, the, the, the yeah. you suck them down too quick. Yeah, you can't. You know that's the thing too. You gotta, like up in Minnesota, you hear all the time. I they call them decoy. You know they're decoy. You know for ice fishing. You know yeah. People put it on the hole to You know to bring a pipe to them or, or something. And uh, you know you talk to the. You know if you call a bait a bait store, you say, "Hey, do you get that big suckers?" I mean, oh yeah, these are huge. You put a saddle on
3: them. <laughs> you get there,
1: and they're like, I don't know, seven inches. And, yeah. You know, it's just, you know it's not near what you need. And so what you got to do is you got to know it's like, you know,
3: uh,
1: I I equate it to nothing. I've ever done this. It's like buying pot in high school. You got to have a guy, you got to go at night. They only take
2: cash. (laughs) (laughs) You got to (laughs) go. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, you only sell to who you know. It's that deal. Um, But it's, uh, you know, that's how you, that's how you have to do it. Is you got to know the bait dealers that can get them. Not every one of them can get them. And uh, it's hard to find. I mean, uh, the other way to do it, like in Minnesota, you can't catch your own bait. Uh, you gotta buy them from a dealer. Like Minnesota with their live bait laws is, uh, you've gotta have a receipt from a bait house or a bait store mm-hmm. that you bought them. You can't transport the live bait in your, uh, in your boat. It has to be transported in a, in a container in your vehicle with water from a well, um, or non-chlorinated water. It cannot be in water from a lake. Um, so it, it's a bit of a process. Contamination. Yeah. Um, cross yeah,
2: contamination. Cross contamination from it, place it, to place.
1: It's, it's a lot of it comes to BHS and invasive species and mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. I mean, they're very big on their invasive species. Um, so that's just what you got to do.
2: Is it worth it? That sounds dirty, man. I yeah. Is that <laughs> worth it? You like doing that stuff? <laughs> You get jacked to, to wake
1: up? <laughs> I like to, Sounds I like love, a rush. I it's, you know, life, yeah. life bait fishing is my favorite way to catch it, just because <laughs> I've had a lot of good success on bigger fish, you know, my average fish on a, on live bait is probably, you know, 47, 48 inches, and we're getting fish, you know, with, you know, on a, on a really regular basis, and uh, it is fun. I mean, the other thing is, it's fall, you spend all year casting and stuff, and and I've got a great group of guys that I fish with in the fall, and it's just nice that you're kind of, you know, just trolling around real slow with the suckers and, and hanging out. And it's, I tell you, when you're setting the hook on a, on a fish, on a, on a sucker fish, and you set the hook and the damn thing don't move, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, and yeah. especially if it's a really, really, really big one. Um, and it's a great way for me with all my customers that can't cast anymore. Um, it's just a great way for them to catch a really big fish.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, so
1: you don't do any fall fishing at the cave this morning. No, I do a little bit, um, a little bit yeah. when I get back in December, but not much. To be honest with you, by the time December gets here, I'm pretty exhausted, and I've usually yeah. broken everything that I own.
3: Well,
1: uh, <laughs> and, I, and I have to fix. I mean, like right now, my boat... Um, Has deer blood I, in it. And
0: I get, <laughs> what? Has deer blood in it.
1: My boat, yes. Both of my fenders. But I hit two deer this year. Both, both with each, one with one on each fender. Uh, <laughs> so I've got to get that fixed. I have my livewell pump doesn't work. My bilge pump doesn't work. Um, what do you need that today, for? I broke it. Oh my god!
0: What do you need that for on St. Clair? Bilge.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's not like it gets windy. Uh, oh. I got a bucket. It. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's. You know, I mean, by the time I get done in the year, I'm pretty tired just trying to get all my stuff together and, and everything and, you know, trying to make stuff limp along to the, to the years over. So I'm looking actually right now, if you guys know where there's one at, I'd be interested. I'm looking for a small jet boat because I'd like to fish the rivers and stuff down here um, a little bit. But I'm trying to find a jet boat. Nothing's hard to buy. The, the,
0: the ones you do find are outrageously expensive.
1: That's, you're no kidding. Those, that's <laughs> stupid. They're wanting these things. Um, I've been looking on Craigslist and, and, and eBay and everywhere. and uh, Man, they're just, I mean, guys are still wanting for a used one $10,000 and, you know, just a John boat.
0: Yeah, with, with um, like a, a 30 40 jet on the back jet, yeah. And those jet pumps are yeah, expensive.
1: That's what makes them so expensive is a jet pump. I mean, to me, it's just like an oversized hair dryer back there I don't know why it's so expensive yeah
0: it's you, you pay all that money just to go slower and have a sucky reverse yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's what I uh that's what I thought I didn't uh I, I didn't realize they were so expensive so I'm looking right now I just want a beater to beat around because I'm not a the thing I know so <laughs> I just want a beater that I can uh fish the rivers and stuff at home I'd like a you know 17 foot with a tiller would be perfect for me but uh, I'm still uh still looking for that.
0: Yeah, like the the, the good ones, uh, you know, we where I'm at, we, we have some, you know, shallow rivers and stuff and I see a lot of jet boats, you know, and stuff for sale and I'll see it's like a really lightweight sixteen forty eight John boat yeah. with like a you know like a thirty forty on the back or like a forty sixty on the back and they want like nine grand and you're like, Really that, that hull's gonna break. Yeah. It's it's gonna there's already holes It'll in it split. from hitting rocks. It's yeah. It does not live an easy life. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, that's kind of the numbers that I see, even up to like twenty grand on some of these things. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that, that's. I mean, I, I don't want anything that I don't want anything that night.
3: Nice. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> I'm looking for something cheaper and easier, and you know, it doesn't make me cry when I pile it up on a fan bar. <laughs> um, <laughs> <that's> basically, it. <laughs> Um, what do you? What do you? What you,
2: you fish out of a hmm? six twenty one Ranger.
1: Yeah, I got a six twenty one. Um, Just take that. Ice
0: boat and, yeah. go ahead. Just take that in the rivers. Yeah. Just trim. Yeah, it up. Oh, I have. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. It's it, not. It, good. Doesn't
1: well. uh, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. That's uh, yeah. You can put that you know below the dam at Cave Run if they're pulling water and the water's high down there. You know, I, you can actually put a big boat in. I put mine in there several times and ran it downriver. But, you know, you're dealing with obscene current. You know, they're going to be pulling 2,000, 2,500, You know, when I say that, that's, you know, cubic feet per second. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a lot of feet per second.
0: Well, yeah, and, compared uh, to what would normally be? What would the normal flow be?
1: Oh, like like a normal flow, if they're not pulling, is like 500.
0: Okay, so well, you're, you're, no. you're ripping it. It's, it's going good.
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're ripping it. I mean, you know, you can't like when they're pulling like that. I have to be on the big motor in reverse to let guys fish. Like, I'll I'll put the big motor in reverse and use the trolling motor to kind of, you know, keep us, you know, in and out and stuff like that. But I mean, it's not, um, it's it's not good. Um, <laughs> if you can fish. I mean, it, uh, You can get fish. I mean, uh, you know, you find little eddies and stuff like that. But it it. It'd be much nicer to have a jet, then you could go down there anytime you wanted, and uh, you wouldn't be at the mercy of the dam and, and everything. We've just had so much flooding at Cave Run, you know. It's, I mean, Todd, you've seen it. It's very beautiful. Yeah, um, it's one of the few places that you can fish around any type of floating structure you'd like. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: cars, uh, cars, yeah, you know, bathhouse,
3: cows
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Stills, tails, really nice stuff yeah <laughs>
3: And,
1: uh, yeah, and that you know, but that's just what happens down there sometimes. It doesn't happen every year, and you know, who knows? It may not last ten years now, but you know, it's just something you deal with down there. And and so with with that, I'd like to have another option. That's why I'd like to get the rivers a little bit. Uh, I've caught fish in the rivers before, but like I said, I'm only I can only fish them when they'll let me, you know. Um, with a jet, I think I could actually have more uh, more options, and again, just. It's just another toy
0: it's, th- th- it also looks a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah I mean it's uh, you know I mean it'd be fun to go down there and I got you know some of my clients they'd definitely like to do it I think they would uh, I think they'd be really they'd have a good time going down there and it's really pretty and and uh, and stuff so I, I think uh, doing some of the river stuff would be a lot of would be a lot of fun for people
2: oh Andy will be your first client. Oh my gosh, I love the river. He's a river river guy. I'm a river rat.
1: Yeah. You're a river rat? Well, I, I wouldn't mind being one. I, you know, there's definitely times it'd be fun to get off the lake and go down there. You know, the fish don't see much, you know, it's very little pressure and, and there's a lot of, you know, interesting craft down there to fish and, and everything, but you just, you need a jet. If you don't, it, you, just, you know, that's what you need, and so that's why I've been looking and that's why I'm frustrated at looking. Yeah. Um... I- because
0: you can't find them <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm fortunate enough to where my little section of river I can run a prop for just about everything that I need to do now if I had a jet I would obviously have a lot more but yeah. you know six yeah, seven miles right. of, of prop right. you know what'd you say six or seven miles of river that I can fish with the prop I'm pretty content yeah. that's a good day so
1: yeah uh, yeah see where I'm at you just couldn't do it with a prop if we if I did it with a prop it was, I would not have a prop
0: uh, after the first step. or a lower so, unit, or a lower unit. <laughs> i would a or A
1: lower unit. I'd have a really pretty cowling. That'd be about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: anything
1: everything else? Um, that's kind of the way I would uh, mine would be. But uh, no, I mean it's just another interesting. You know, the river stuff it gets good in the winter time and and in the, in the early spring. And I just think there's some opportunities there that uh, that's some nice fish that I can definitely take advantage of.
0: You know. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked many times. Todd caught that big beautiful fish. I think you've seen that picture, Greg. We were we yep. were we were wading. And uh Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's uh you know, that's the kind of stuff, you know, you you know where we're at, you really can't wait it. Um it's a little too you know, the holes are there's really no access to that. Um, for like wading and stuff. But uh, you know, like the, we have you know, like think about Kentucky, we've got seventeen rivers and streams that have Native musky population get them. So, you know, there's a lot of native musky streams in Kentucky, and you can get small boats into some of them. Uh, you know, like the Kentucky River, you can get a huge boat. I mean, it's, you know, it's big. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good sized river. Um, but, like, you know, the other small ones, you need, you need a jet or a John boat. You know, I've John boat fished enough, but, you know, the thing about John
0: boats, I've never met one I couldn't flip. So, <laughs> I, uh, I really don't want.
3: I really don't want to try to take somebody
1: fishing in a John boat. I was going to. I'd be wet.
0: I was going to try to interest you in a canoe. I have
1: that canoe. That would be even better. Me and a canoe would definitely. I would be wet. Oh I would goodness. be wet. Um, I would not be a good canoe
3: fisherman.
1: Uh, Tony would be good in a canoe.
0: Oh, oh yeah, like
1: sure. That. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's made for canoes.
0: Yeah, uh, probably kayaks. Yeah. What? Probably more like kayaks, right?
1: <laughs> Kayak, yeah. Well, I did. Uh, I did see him go scuba diving one day, and we had to put baby oil on him to get him in a wetsuit. That was fun. <laughs> that was a. That was an experience.
0: Tell me, were um, you one of the guys putting baby oil on him?
2: Did that
1: make no, TV? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I that, that that I left that up to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something I never want
3: to do. <laughs> yeah, this is coming no, from a ride. you
1: gotta remember uh, Greg here. This has been a while ago, but I was fishing with Greg and Dale and Greg and I were uh Dale Wiley and Greg and I were fishing down there at Cave Run and, and uh, you know we got a nice fish on trolling and Greg was Greg ended up up in the front of the boat like to get the net fish jumped and Dale and I both saw it and said, Oh my gosh, it's a fifty incher. So Dale still to this day talks about this. He's fishing out of a nineteen foot of Greg Instead of coming down the center of the boat, Greg come walking down the gunnel of the boat, <laughs> outside the windshield holding the net. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, yeah, standing on the back of the boat with the net, and he's like, get that thing up here! Come on now, get it up here. <laughs> just like, not, like I said, that was a while ago. I don't know if Greg can still do that, but, uh, oh, you'd be amazing when I was there. So, <laughs> am, so
0: uh, he, he treated Dale's am, boat... Uh,
1: I am very, I'm very nimble. You're <laughs> still very nimble? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can do that. The problem is, well, it's these a little fiberglass. guys at least have a flat gunnel where I can get my the yes. rangers are rounded, so those get a little <laughs> trickier, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it still can be done. It still can be done. Wow. Uh, but, no, it's, uh, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a big fish. That was a long time. Ago. Oh, yeah. They're on uh, on uh, on cave. The problem this year on cave that they're having is the weeds that are in Um they're all gone uh, yeah. because of the flood. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, this spring it was 32 feet high for, mm. you know, you know, a long, yeah. long, long, long time. <laughs> and then it kept, and then it flooded again, and then it just, it was just, you know, it was terrible. It would not quit raining this spring. Every time we, you know, like in March and April, it just, it would not quit raining. And, you know, Cave Run's a flooded, you know, it's a flood control reservoir. Um, and it can be really, really tough when that, when that happens. They got to hold the water and, you know, uh, I mean, you can still catch fish, but it is tough, you know, especially early because you're dealing with spawning fish that, that, uh, you know, now are in flooded water. You know, you think about, it, you know, the lake, 80, how big is it? 80, 8,600 acres. And it, it basically went from 8,600 acres to almost 18,000, uh, in, in the month of April. You know, so now you've got a lake that's eighty six hundred acres with texano, you know, with two fish per acre to a lake that's eighteen thousand acres that still has the same number of fish, they've got yeah. a lot more room to crawl around in. And yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. you
1: know, a lot, of, a lot of trees a oh, lot of trees to swim around in and butchers. Yeah. Disaster. Disaster. Yeah. I mean we we uh you know, the whole thing is you guys say, Well just go up in the trees. I go, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get in there.
2: Couldn't a jet boat? Yeah, um, you couldn't have so jet boat. <laughs> you know.
1: no, it's it's that's the thing. It's, you know, the whole deal is you gotta, you know, in like May and June, it doesn't matter if it floods. The fish are moved out or chasing the bait. We did a, a muskie hunter uh, episode with uh, Jim Sarek out there uh, at the end, uh, beginning of May, and uh, it was pretty good show. We got like five fish on it, and uh, a few and a few cats, and, but the fish were starting to move out of the trees, the bait was, you know, starting to congregate a little bit, and, and so that was good, so I mean, you, you can catch them, but, you know, it's the early stuff when it floods like that, um, that makes it really tough. Now, if it's only like a five-foot flood, that's not, that's, that's no problem, actually, that can be good sometimes, um, but when you start getting up 15, 16, 18, 20 feet, it's like, this <laughs> really yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so how, how was your how did you how did you uh, enjoy your first year at St. Clair like your first full full oh, summer yeah. uh, it was good you know I mean the thing at St. Clair is I, I'm lucky because I'm not spoiled um, yeah. by it because it will spoil you know, if you talk to any oh, locals they're you know they're like oh this is sucks we got seven I go yeah that's terrible um,
3: <laughs> tell me about <laughs>
1: <so yeah>. it <laughs> I really feel bad for you <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and cause I'm not spoiled like that and neither are my guys and, and I just like catching them. Um, I w- wasn't real happy with my number of big ones I got cause I, am still working on the the, 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 getting the bigger fish out there. Um, mm-hmm. but we did do it. I mean, I got two really, I just, find now I'm starting to feel like I'm spoiled. Uh, the, uh, uh, we, we got two really big ones. We got a, we got two 54 and three quarters. And um, really, really nice fish. Uh, one casting, one trolling. And, uh, you know, we, and we got some other, you know, really big fish uh, out there on the lake. But, uh, you know, consistently, you know, if you talk to, like, some of the charter guys, you know, if you talk to them charter guys, they're driving 25, 30-foot boats, and they've got, good Lord, how many lines they got out. Yeah. Um, so they can cover a big spread of depth. And that's the thing. Those fish really... You know they they really change depths out there a lot. Is what I'm I'm kind of seeing.
2: Um, yep. You
1: get a lot of fish. You know the one thing that I did and I started doing it actually helped my percentage of big fish is running more baits close to the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. cause a lot of this seems like a lot of guys run their baits real high out there, um, which is you know I, I think there is a lot of fish high. But you know all these big fish you're catching out there have lampreys on them. You know yep. they just have you know they've got big and lampreys. You know that they, that they're a bottom. That's a bottom dwelling parasite thing. And uh, they just, you know, they, they, they've got to be fish that are laying on the bottom to get those. You still need the big fish with these lamprey guys on them. So, uh, you know, so that seems to work for me. Um, you know, the casting bite, I will say this, is that your average fish casting is a little bit bigger than your average fish strolling. Um, and some of that could be because you're using bigger lures casting, you know. Yeah. Uh, that could have a lot to do with it. Um, they like the big rubber stuff, and, um, you can get them on, uh, bucktails. I, I have gotten onto a pretty good bucktail bite, uh, in a few areas. Um, but they, they're definitely, it's definitely a fun lake, a great lake to take somebody that just wants to catch some muskies. Um, I think I ended up with around, I'd have to look, I got it written down somewhere, but I think I've ended up out there for the summer around 400 fish. So oh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, it was yeah. I mean, it was it was good. I can't complain. But you know, for every great day you have, I mean, you still get sunk out there. I mean, the guys just say, "Oh, I don't get stuck. well, they lie. They uh, <laughs> you know it's it, it, it's going to happen. Uh, I had a few stunker days out there, and I had guy had some really really good days. But um, it's you a totally different. That. I mean. I mean, to me, it's just—it's just so totally different than any other place that I've ever gone. No, it's, fishing. It's, I mean, it's just it's, totally different. It's a great it's, lake. It, it, it's, it's a great a lake. lake. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great lake. lake. I mean, it's a great so. lake, and it's a great lake. Um, yeah, it's a—it's—it's
3: yeah. Uh,
1: it's, it's, yeah. If you're going out there, if you're used to traditional muskie fishing, I'm going to go up to this leaf bed. I'm going to throw the bait and I may or may not catch them off, and you know, if that's what you're used to, St. Clair is going to blow your mind because, you know, it, it just doesn't, you don't really have that out there. I mean, there's some weed beds out there, but it's like, you know, what I call a weed bed is a six-mile stretch. Of yeah. uh, 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 well, there's weeds there. And, um, you know, and, but most of the fish come out of, you know, if you, if you have a map chip, for the lake. You know, got all these contour lines on there. I call them fake contour lines because none of them actually fit. There's not <laughs> one of those contour lines that is actually there. You could just, you could, you know, you could just take an extra sketch and just start drawing yeah. because so That's all it is. Yeah, so it's 15 um, feet, but you've got to go 200 yards more to get to 15.1. Anyhow, so. Oh
3: yeah,
1: so oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go from 15 yeah. to 16 feet. If you're going to work the 15, 16 foot break, pack a lunch. It's going to take a while. It's going to take you an hour to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's a uh, it's a weird like, and the fish will you know congregate in in uh, in different um, you know different depths, uh, different water depths. The other thing too is you know it's a lot like ocean fishing in the respect of color break. You know that's big out there. You look for changes in color.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: you know you look for the dirty water. You know I'm big on European mix mixing the satellite industry. I'm big on there's some websites out there where you can find the satellite images of the lake. You can see on the satellite where the dirty water is, and that's how I figure out kind of where I'm going to go. Um, by the you know just see on the just the imagery up there, um, it'll show you where the dirty water is, and you want to fish the dirty water uh, just because it seems like the fish are easier to catch.
2: <laughs> are they up? You get them out are the they updated not, daily? It's it's tougher. Are the satellite images updated daily, or are they just like a Google image from like 2015? It's uh, 2000? the
1: one I go to, and it, I cannot repeat the name of it because I, I, I don't know it. Um, I just got it on my phone. It's a you AA something mm. thing. It's it, every three hours. Oh wow! They shoot an image. Yeah, and but the thing is, if it's cloudy, you get to see the other side of a cloud. It, it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if it's if it's sunny. You know, then then yeah, you can just zoom right in on Lake St. Clair you can see I mean it's you know, plain as day where the where the dirt like if you look at it right now, it looks like there's a lot of brown. There's a lot of brown. Um, most of the lake is brown right now. do, but do you, you can see some waves of of, uh, of clear water going through there though. Do you That's ever, interesting. I mean, you know, you, you pick things up. I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected you to say that, Greg, that you're you're looking for that browner water. Uh,
3: yeah, it's just awesome yeah, what look.
1: I would have thought. You know, I've, I've been there many times, but never really spent a ton of time there. But uh, you know, I always used to try to get out of that murky water and get sort of to the edge and get you know find the edge of that murky water and fish that area. But uh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean definitely. I mean, you don't want mud, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I like it if I can only see you know three feet down. That's pretty good. That's good water right there. Cause, it seems like the bait, you know, the, the, the bait fish in the lake use that as as cover, you know, just like they'd use a wheat bed. Yeah, the bait like yeah. to pack up in that dirty water because I think they feel safer, or they they might be able to, you know, they don't, they maybe not be able to seen as easily as predators, you know, because that looks weird in the summertime. You could be in one area where you know the water you can see three or four feet. You might go two miles out and say in fifteen feet the water you can see down three or four feet. Well, 17 feet, you might be able to see the bottom and set, you yeah. know, count, count zebra mussels on the bottom. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a distinct break, and you know you got to find that happy medium between clear and and uh, or the blue water and the uh, and the murky water. And you know the blue water you can catch fish, and there's some really big fish come around that blue water, but your your numbers go down.
3: And
2: mm-hmm.
1: Saint Clair is its own nice, it, it, its its own worst enemy. Everybody hears these stories about, oh this guy, I know a guy that got fifteen. Really? I know a guy that got twenty. I you know, I oh, I know a guy that got thirty. Well you know what that guy is, I I don't like to
3: Because <laughs> it's
1: not it's not like that all the time. There's so much no. expectation, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing to overcome is is you know, I, I've been really fortunate. I got some really good clients and, and I got some great clients. But, you know, i got to tell everybody, I could still lucky fishing. You know, we're going to go out and just try to get some bites and, and catch some fish, and hopefully we can get a bunch, and some days we will, and, and some days we won't.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but that's just the way it is, and, and but it's, you know, and a lot of those big numbers are like that are the big charter boats um, mm-hmm. that are running 16 to 18 lines. Oh
3: you know, they, they are, you
1: know, they're, they've got a ton of guys out there, and, and they can do that, and, and, you know, you can do that on those big boats at times, but... You know, a small boat, which you know, I consider like a you know a regular sized musky boat, 18, 20, 21 foot boat. You know, it, it's it's hard to get those big, huge number days like that. I mean, it does happen. I mean, you know, Dale Dale's had some great days out there, um, and a lot of guys have. You'll know, have those on occasion, but it's not like those days happen all the time.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Now how many how, how, how many lines? Are you, how many lines are you running out there usually on a on a day. Do you, you take two to three people out in your boat?
1: I take me and usually two guys. I can run on the Canadian side. I can run six rods, two rods a man. And then on the American side, I can run up to nine if I wanted to. I still only run six to eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I can really have a mess with six rods. Mm-hmm. So I, as soon as I add an eight to the equation, I can have, <laughs> some, I can have some huge knots uh, with that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I try to run as many rods as I can within reason, you know. Um, the other thing with
2: those big charter boats, those guys all have first mate. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a guy on that boat,
1: and his job is to, is to change lines and to clean weed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's all he does. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, me, I'm the, I'm the chief cook and bottle washer, so I've <laughs> got to do it all, and it's hard to do that with, especially if it's rough out and, you know, somebody's puking and it's, uh, Never
0: good. What, what What do you do when someone starts just blowing chunks? Feeding the fish. Uh, I
1: look. I look the other way because then I will puke. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> kind of like
1: you just ask if <laughs> they want to go in. I usually not every two weeks I get a puker. So puke. um,
0: kind of like that just, uh, Family Guy.
2: <laughs> what now? The
0: puke. Kind of like that Family Guy episode where they all drank that epicac to see who could last oh, the, the, the epic- longest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it.
3: So who wants
1: chowder? That's exactly right.
3: Oh.
1: Uh, no, it's a uh yeah, I mean people get sick and other, you know, the, the whole bathroom situation on St. Clair is always fun, because you gotta uh you know, you're in Canada, you can't go to store because now you're going to another country. <laughs> um so it's 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 a good time. It's really good times.
2: And what's uh, that what's that like you know, with the a lake that's so you know, there's so many people out there guiding and whatnot. I mean, how many how many charter captains are there? How many guides are there? There's, you know, it's a... really
1: not that many. People make a big deal out of it. I don't think it's that busy myself. Um,
2: I mean, there's you been know, pictures. I can't
1: even think yeah. of a time this summer they went because the spots aren't little. It's not like we're fishing a 200 yard area. Mm-hmm. You're fishing, you know, seven miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's really. Not that busy. The other thing is this. St. Clair, the reason it's such an anomaly is there's so many hussies in there. You know, the DNR, has it estimated, is 80 to 100,000 hussies in way.
3: Wow. I mean, it's
1: ridiculous. Wow. So just because, you know, somebody will say, oh, it's really hot over by the Thames. Okay, that's good. Um, Then, you know, all right, 20 boats will go over there. You know, if I'm one of the two boats that go over to the Fingers, and, you know, instead of sharing all these fish with 20 boats, I'm sharing half as many fish with another boat. It's still going to work out, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it, there's there's fish there's fish all over. Now, do the fish at school out there? And do the fish concentrate? Um, yeah. Yeah, they do. They, they they flat out do. And you know, your GPS is huge out there. If you catch a fish, iconic, You got to mark the fish. Um, if you don't, you know, because there's a good shot there's another fish there sometimes there's 10 fish there Um, so you always icon it and swing back around keep working the area Um, so marking stuff out there is huge Um, but there's not just fish in one area there's fish in a lot of areas you know and and, you know different areas you know in the clear water you want to fish maybe a little bit different different colors uh maybe a little faster and in the dirty water, you typically—I like to slow down a little bit and use different colors there too. So
3: it's all a lot
1: of experimentation. It's a lot of—you know—weights <clears throat> are big. You know what 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 size weights you're running, and you know because sometimes the uh, the different size weights that you're pulling make a big difference, and you know there's all kinds of stuff. So you can make it as complicated or as easy as you want. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems to be the the deal out there. Hmm. I think that's musky fishing in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, people can make it really complicated, and uh, sometimes it's fish. Well, yeah, you can make it. Uh, <laughs> you can make just it fish. too too complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the thing, and and uh, you know the other thing was you know at Saint Clair that I've noticed I've noticed it everywhere I've ever put, There's there's sometimes you're on them and sometimes you're not. You know, and if you get on them, it's just a fabulous day. It's a great day, and. You know, there's times you just can't, you can't do it. Case in point, today uh, I was fishing, me and a buddy of mine that that guy's out there, uh, Chris. He was, uh, we were fishing the same, you know, mile area, and he was casting early, and I started out trolling. We had three fish before uh, eleven thirty, and I texted him, you know, we they're are you're getting some trolling, so he starts trolling, and from like noon to four, I didn't get a bite. And he got five. All in the same area. So whether you know, Vegas liked the wiggle of his face or yeah, you know, I was just missing those fish or or something, but you know, it's just the way it goes.
0: So three fish was a crummy day. Huh? <laughs> three fish was a crummy day. You you gave today as a crummy uh, day.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't a crummy day, but I wish it was a, it was I was aggravated because I was missing all the fish that that he ended up getting. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, uh, I was like, "What is he doing that I'm not doing?" And the answer was, "Well, nothing."
3: Yeah, uh, it just
1: happened. To, you know, the water was dirty. I mean, if I showed you the water I caught him in today, you would have probably most guys would have never fished it. I wouldn't have fished it if I hadn't been catching them in it. I mean, you could see down, uh maybe six inches.
3: That's
1: um, when you're fighting the fish. You could see the fish right when the lure when you seen the bill of the lure come out of the water, then you were like, Oh, there's a fish. <laughs> um, that's the only time you could see it is when it was attached to the bait. Wow. Um, so I mean, that's the way the lake looks right now. I mean, there's some clear water out there. Um, it just doesn't seem to be fish in it. You know, there just doesn't seem to be that many fish in the clear water right now or that I can find.
3: Yeah.
2: So Incredible.
1: No, so I got, I, I got a, I got a question for you, Greg here. We, we, uh, I, you know, I see some pictures you post up on Facebook and stuff. I saw on your uh, on your leader that you had one of those like quick connect snap things. Yeah, you just put the on. Yeah, is that what you've been using? I'm not trolling leaders. Yeah, I love. Them. I think those okay. are the greatest things in the world. Um, they, I, I really like them. Well, here's the caveat though: you have to not get lazy and change them once they start going. Once they start getting stretched out. Okay. Um, you know, once they start getting stretched out, you'll see it. You'll be, you know, when you put a bait on, you'll just feel it not be as hard to put on. Yeah. Uh, you need to change it because you will lose bait. I have lost okay. bait. Okay. Right? And it's really, really fun when you put a bait in the water and watch it wiggle and all of a sudden it's not back to your line anymore. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that will happen. Yeah, um, I, I, I saw those floating around and I didn't know anybody had tried them yet or anything. I mean it's new. I, do, uh, I kind of anything. I, I tell you what, for trolling, it's the greatest thing in the world. Easy to use. Um, you don't have to fight the snap. I mean my fingers are called over, I can fight a snap, but you know, you don't have to you have a cold, you got gloves on. You can just yeah. you can take lures off with gloves on, you can it's just real easy. And real mm-hmm. simple, and I love the thing. John Betty from Self Leaders, um, he uh, he makes uh, a five foot trolling leader, uh, a floral leader, a leader that I like, and I have him make them all with those quick snaps, uh, those fast patch snaps on yeah. them. And uh, I I love them. They're just just easy. Now casting, I don't like them for casting. I, I I've had issues there. Now some guys haven't, but
3: in uh, the only time
1: I've had issues. Was on bucktails, and I have still got two cowgirls that haven't landed uh, from when I got <laughs> there, and they just
3: flew they just
1: off. Came on, on, on a loop, like. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea yeah. how it happens, but they it yeah. happened twice with them, and so now I I won't use them. But trolling, great, 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 great leaders for trolling. I love them. For yeah. Trolling um, okay. It makes things a lot easier, um, and they don't, you know, you as long as that thing isn't wore out, you, you're not going to lose. You won't lose a fish, you won't lose a bait, and it's real simple, it's real easy, um, and it's not clunky, you know, like a yeah. big snap when you put on there. Some baits, if you, you put a big snap on it, seems like it does take a little bit of action away right from it. Those oh, things yeah. aren't clunky or nothing, it's all in line, it's like a loop, so it's like having a split ring on there. Uh, yep. It's what it's like, and I, I really, really, really like them. Yeah, I've had the same thing happening, I lost a couple, well, I didn't lose them, but some you know I had a couple clients lose some lures this year for me just and it was the same thing casting with a with a crosslock. but I, I noticed when they took the cap it was say on Andy's uh, you know on on a rubber bait where it's just a fine wire and it was like kinked in there and I know what happened to it. that little wire just worked its way around and the bait went flying and uh, you know it, it came out of the crosslock. Uh, oh yeah I mean it, it but it was a yeah, wire I- you know yeah You know, and I mean, I use the stringy, those stringy snaps, and I really like those, but you know, I mean, stuff happens. I mean, really the only way to completely uh, break it is to do a, is to go to a a direct split ring, which, you know, I did that for a while, but I've been inherently lazy, and it's just easier
3: now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, And it's it's just way easier than fiddling around with split ring pliers, and especially when it's cold out and, and all that crap, but uh I, I really like them and, and patrol and I, I can't help but not uh, um, not like the you know how they work. Cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's kind of late in the podcast for this but I, I guess I probably should have started out a little bit earlier with this. Greg and Todd have, have a pretty long history. I don't care who, who says the story. Give us the story of how you guys know each other. Uh, how we know each other? Yeah. Uh...
1: We met through the through the PMTT, right? Probably Lake yeah. St. Clair, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, met up at Lake St. Clair just here and waiting out of the, the, the storm. The yeah. giant, uh, those those big storms they had up there. That was when me and my partner, so it was my first experience on Lake St. Clair, and, and I knew yeah. know exactly how stupid I was.
3: <laughs> um,
1: we were out, and uh, my term of partner is Dave Bacchowski, everybody calls him Groucho, He's he just, he, he uh, He's a, he's a big talker, meaning he doesn't say anything. Um, and he, we're out, and he'd fished Lake St. Clair before. He's older than you know. He's quite a bit older than me, but he uh, he's fished Lake St. Clair before, and we're out uh, fishing. Oh, I think we were seven miles out from Bell River, um, which basically is is pretty far out into the lake, and that uh, there's a on the on the weather radio it's a severe thunderstorm due to hit Bell River at you know four thirty and I looked at the watch at three o'clock and he's like Well maybe we should start looking to go in and I'm like nah we'll be fine and uh you know yeah a, a little later a little later we still got the boards out and all that and finally it turns the sky turns this you know awkward color of green and uh you know it's like four you know four twenty sick and uh, <laughs> oh we uh i'm like we should probably leave was this so pre-fishing and it it got crazy was this pre-fishing pre,
2: yeah. pre- uh, fishing or was this during the tournament
1: no no this was pre-fishing it was yeah, really, yeah totally totally stupid i mean just yeah. <laughs> was a couple yeah, a couple days before there was a lot of people there was a couple people lost their boat uh, no yeah there was people yeah. one guy sunk his boat twice yeah the <laughs> in a row he really yeah.
3: liked it. Yeah, um, yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, I mean it was it was, uh, it was, it was it, yeah it was it, it was different, and I hadn't known I had you know I didn't know know Greg really, but uh, you know yeah we we, we got to meet wait <coughs> waiting out a storm, but it was uh, yeah you know, it, it was a good time. Greg came over, and I mean Greg was he was obviously he trolls like a madman now. He's a trolling fanatic, but he came over to talk to Dale and I, and you know we just hit it off pretty. Pretty well. I had a. Yeah. I stayed at his place a couple times, and do you remember the, the Dale and the Stunt story? <laughs> yeah, Dale thought something was living in the grill, and it was just <laughs> yeah. Dale sleeping. Yeah. It was just <laughs> Dale
3: walking. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Dale was walking outside, the grill was rattling, I didn't realize that it was his walking making the, the grill <laughs> rattle. <but> yeah, He <laughs> thought, was, uh, oh he thought something God. was in the grill, yeah. Greg, <laughs> Greg came up years ago. uh, came up and we headed up to the courses. I know Greg never came yeah. up there and we had a fun trip. I was, uh, I still got that mm-hmm. lure. We, we went out and, and uh, I, I said, here, you know, Greg didn't bring anything with him. We just went fishing. He just came up there and we took all the stuff. And uh, I said, I yeah, put this uh, musky Wiley, musky Wiley lure on. And I think, what did you catch like eight that first day? So yeah. I, oh yeah. they were, oh, they they was, were a- well, I didn't do anything. Like, I was just driving. He was just catching, and he said, "Do you want to reel some in?" I said, "Oh, no, go ahead, reel them in. I'm gonna <laughs> the war, I guess." And we're still. Uh, but my nephew got one last year up there, forty-nine inch or in that same old beat-up muskie oh, widely War, eight-inch yeah. <laughs> yeah. that, that was uh that was a pretty neat leg. It's the first time I think I I gotten into fish like that before and seen them going It was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. That was. They were jumping. section. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were jumping uh, like crazy. Yeah, but that was, was uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, that's first time I ever fished in that eastern part of uh, of uh, of Ontario. Um, but it, it's so different from like you know the stuff I've been on in like Lake of the Woods and Eagle Lake and and uh, and stuff like that. Just completely different terrain, you know.
3: It uh, it really? Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, because Eagle and and, and and Lake of the Woods, it's just, it's a lot of shield stuff, a lot of rocks and island. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, really, really pretty, and, you know, there's no civilization around. I mean, when you go up there, it's you and a, you know, a drunk Indian, it's, there's nothing. Else. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But besides that. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty desolate. But, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's an interesting, it was an interesting place, I, I I, the, I got a chance to fish the the St. Lawrence a little bit, um, with the Red October guys, um, Stuvin and stuff, and that that's oh, a it. pretty neat place. And I know those guys up there, I, I they should be right now. Usually those guys are getting on some big fish up there right now. I see a picture of a pretty damn big one uh, last week, I think, from up there. But I don't know. Is, 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 have you noticed the is this warm El Nino uh, fall been affecting you guys? Oh, I mean, the, the, the well, put it this way. I mean, I ended up my trips a couple of weeks ago there, and I could I, I could have just kept them going. I mean, on Chautauqua, we were catching fish right after the end. I mean, uh, you know, usually I'm sort of wrapped up by now, but uh, I think the fishing was just, our fishing was excellent. Now, we were getting them all casting, but uh, yeah. we had an absolute, I mean, the water tests was still 51 degrees. Uh, yeah. I mean that 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 that's crazy for this time of year. Usually up there in northern in a, in New York, where we're fishing, Chautauqua uh, County and stuff. It's you know sometimes by the second week of October, I'm ready to get the hell out of there. Uh, oh yeah, it, it, It's that cold, it's snowy and stuff. That just didn't happen. It's that we had 62 degrees here today. You uh, know, beautiful days. Uh, so I think it extended the fishing a lot more than I used to uh, having it. You know, being extended. Yeah, we we have the same thing. You know, it's it's. But I always have trouble on warm ups. I don't I don't like warm falls. I always do better. And I, you know, maybe it's just the way I like to fish. It makes it difficult. And I got to change my ways a little bit. But uh, I I don't like particularly like warm falls. I like the colder falls. Uh, not you know, fur. But I like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not like a normal fall. You know, to dropping every. I mean, Minnesota. It was it was sixty-two degrees in Minnesota yesterday. I yeah. mean, it's just stupid. I mean, we've had uh, and you know, like last week, what was it the last week before last? Uh, water was forty-nine degrees. We got a fish on a top one. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just crazy, you know, with this this, this warm, you know. Warm fall is, is just really thrown a loop in the system. I, I just, I don't know. I've always had an issue catching fish on real warm falls. They've always been tough. And uh, I think that's why this year was a little, I don't, that's my excuse. I, I got plenty of them, but that's mine for now. So. Uh, <laughs> plenty
0: of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that seems boring. Um, but uh, yeah, it, and everybody up there, everybody was kind of going through the same thing. I think, you know, just used to colder temps and that they weren't cold and you know, I know in Kentucky, it's been warm down there, and, you know. It's just been really an absorbably warm fall, you know. Yeah, or October. Like, it got to be the middle of October before I realized it was October. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. We, we just didn't have any. And I was just keeping on the same things we were doing, and we were still catching fish. But we were like, wow, I only got a few yeah. weeks left here, and uh, we're still doing, you know, the temperature dropped out of those low 50s, and they have not they really didn't move there for a month. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what we had. Is we didn't have any kind of movement in water temps or any type of movement in in uh, you know, air temps. Nothing. I mean, it, it yeah, it was never really that cold. I mean, we only had snow twice in Minnesota. I was up there until the second week in November, and we only had snow twice. Normally, by then we've actually got some. You know, we've already had one or two accumulating snows, and I've already been yelling at, you know, it's the snow, and yeah, this year it wasn't uh, it wasn't like that. You know, we just,
3: yeah,
1: it was nice, and those guys will be able to fit. You know, November 30th is the is the last day, and shoot, those guys will make November 30th no problem this year. Uh, I did see this weekend, though. There's some highs in the 20s, so maybe you know it's gonna. Oh, it's it's gonna, gonna dramatic, yeah, this to Yeah, it's, yeah I think there were two nights. It was two day. One day, I think it was hooked up to 25, and one day the high was 28. So mm-hmm. that'll that'll drop. If it's, Today I was supposed to warm my back up. It takes a while, even with that stuff, for it to actually, uh, um, uh, for it to actually freeze. You know, especially if there's any wind.
0: Have you ever had your boat freeze to the trailer?
1: Oh my god, <laughs> I've had some horrible boat freezing to the trailer incidents.
0: Um,
3: yeah,
1: last year, every year, I'm terrible with it. I, I was going to silicone my bunks, which I forgot to, which will probably be a mistake. And uh, yeah, no, I've had it freeze. The longest was over an hour, uh, setting in the water. We uh, and that was on a day that it was cold. It was one of the coldest days I fished. It was uh, uh, that was a day where it was um, the air temp was. I, I got a picture on my phone of it. The air temp we put in the morning was two, and I think the wind chill that day was fourteen below. It was it was oh my god and it took. Uh, that was a day that uh, actually the only reason we knew the lake was open was because we've seen ducks land way out there and uh, in the lake. And it took three hours to break a path through the ice um, to get there. The water temp was like forty or like thirty-six degrees once we got to open water. But yeah, that was a that was a bit of a disaster. But we did catch two fish though, so yeah.
0: that was good. <laughs> now. Uh, you you just kind of started the outboard. I've heard people do this. They, they they'll they'll put their boat in. They'll start the outboard. They won't move until the pee stream is warm, and they'll like put it in a thermos to like kind of warm their hands up. Do you go to that extreme? Uh,
1: my pee is always warm. Um, well, are you an do, outboard uh, motor? <laughs> oh yeah, oh that. Um, <laughs> What's it talking the, uh, about?
0: Uh, Your system. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it does
1: freeze. Yeah, mine. <laughs> What I do is I just carry a leader or some wire with me, and I'll run it up in there and and uh, everything to try to make it uh, to thaw it out. Um, it, it, it's tough. You know, in the fall, I mean, I've told everybody this. Fall fishing, the only thing that makes it worth is, is, is a shot of the big fish, and it ain't worth it for that. I mean, you break way – I break way more stuff in the fall than I, than I do uh, uh, any other time of year. Um, I carry a, a whole bottle of uh, – uh, deicer uh, with me just to spray on the trolling motor, to spray on my reels. Um, you know, it, it, whether you're casting or trolling. You know, if, I'm, if I'm if I'm trolling, I I always, or if I'm sucker fishing, I take uh, um, any type of uh, you know, usually like Vaseline and I put it on all my rod eyelets to keep the water from freezing in them. Um, I take I spray deicer in my rod holders constantly to keep them from icing up. And uh, yeah, it's just—I mean,
0: it's—it's it's a pain. Is that stuff That's good for the environment? <laughs> um, is the de-icer good for the environment? If you get the uh, the
1: uh, the low fat kind, it is.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's certified organic.
1: It's, it's, yeah, it's organic. you gotta, you gotta get the uh, uh, you gotta get the. I think, uh, uh, the uh, tea Tree makes that. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> but uh no, you got. I don't know. Just in the fall, you just gotta go. And they don't make a pair of gloves that are waterproof and and yeah. all that crap and and warm for the for the fall fishermen. I mean, you know, my my roommate up in Minnesota or up in uh, St. Clair, Mike. He he goes through gloves. He's a caster, and he goes through gloves. And, and we've tried them all. And you know, you know, patrolling you know, the best ones I found for just staying in the boat and staying warm are the Ice Armor gloves. Those are those are really good for that, but if you're going to cast and stuff, you got to have like seven, eight pairs of gloves. And just you know, dry them every night and just go through them. Trade them out, out.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Trade them out all day. You know, I've done the whole, you know, put uh, put surgical gloves on underneath of the gloves, keep your hands dry. Sometimes that works, um, but again, I mean, it, it's a process uh, to do it. I mean, the whole the whole thing of fall fishing and cold water fish. you may fall on your reels you break a lot of i always break a lot of reels and, <laughs> and stuff in the fall and it just it's you know it's just a process you know you got to keep everything warm and but uh and your motor you know like i said i mean it's not good on the motor i mean minnesota this year the water was so shallow at the boat ramps i wish i could show you the video of this thing you, you know it, it you had to if you didn't have waders you couldn't get your boat in you had to uh, nobody could be in the boat, or if I had clients, they could be in the boat, and then you had to back down the ramp at like 20 miles an hour, slam on the brakes, and try to break the boat loose from the trailer, and that usually took three or four tries. And, wow. You know, you walk out there, push the boat onto the blowhole, because it, the blowhole was maybe four inches, and then pull the truck out, and then I had to pull the boat. I you get to dig a channel with your heel, and then pull the boat through it, and then you could get out in the lake. It was just so shallow this year at the lakes. Goodness. So it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. How how have the AZ rod holders been holding up for you?
3: Just a little plug. The AZ...
1: stuff. <laughs> oh, they they've been doing great. I will say this: they good. are the best, the best, and it's not just because I'm talking to you, uh, <laughs> but they are the best, uh, the best rod holders system that I've used. Right. You know that you know I use them with the uh um, right. holders, and and I you know they. You know, I've broken a lot of downing holders my day, and mm-hmm. uh, but the actual mounts and stuff work great. Whether it's the slant mount or the straight up mount, um, they work really good. It's just I like them because I can arrange them any way I want. If we're exactly. not I can I can take them off. You know, so I don't have to get the net hung in them when I go to net a yep. fish, which I usually do. Um, you know, it's I like I like that. I like the freedom that they give me. Um, no, I really, really like them. They're, they're a good, uh, it's a good, solid system. I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't broke them. And I, the one thing I did learn when you, when you first pull into a dock and you got the one that sticks out on the side, that's not you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I learned. Nice.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's been good. And then the whole, the Project X, it's been, uh, you know, we had a bite on a dog on a Project X. Uh, when was that? Yesterday, uh, yesterday, day before, day before yesterday, Strolling uh, dogs and the and the Project X, and this summer and and uh, it was hard for me uh, to do to uh, to, uh, to take all those rails off my boat, but I, uh, you know, you know the, the the rail systems like we were using the rail, tilt the rails down, you know, it, yeah, it, I, I did it for so long, it was hard for me to do, but. Just like you were saying, the big thing is, man, you can clean up that boat when you decide to go casting. I yep. can strip, I can strip the boat down. It takes me like two minutes, and I got the boat stripped. And it's like, let's cast. All six or seven rod holders are out of the way. they back in the box. Uh, that that yeah. And no, the nice thing about the track system. The track system and doing that's really really nice. And then you know, I can I, I can arrange stuff differently. Yeah, like, you know, I guess if I want to run two down rods. and – you know, like stay clear around the trees,
3: yeah.
1: uh, you know, where the rods are stacked up in the air and, you know, and I can change the, 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 the alignment of the, of the holders. And no, oh, just, it's, it's just, it's just nice. You can put, I mean, if you're, you know, before when I was putting my cover on, I had to like take the rod holders off, which sucked. Usually I didn't do it. Usually I ripped my cover. And, <laughs>
3: um,
1: now, now it's nice. I can just, you know, pop everything off and, and put it, on. You know, it's just, it just makes things easier. Nice. Um, and I think they're, like I said, I just love the fact that it's a rail and then you can adjust it. You know, you take the little Allen wrench thing and, and, uh, you can adjust yeah. how much tension you want there. Cause I like mine to where I can adjust them. Um, mm-hmm. cause I, there's a, I've got a bite that I, that I get off to where it's a, a bucktail bite. Uh, troll, I troll six bucktails and I, I do them all off the boat and I, I have to have the rods where I can move them because I gotta be able to check to make sure there's weeds there's everywhere. And, uh, I'm constantly checking and cleaning lines and,
0: and all you're that.
1: You're just tilting, you're using it, you're just tilting, tilting it up, checking it. Oh yeah. 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 I'm going yeah. through there tilting and everything and it, it works really, really nice. And, and, you know, I can, you know, when you can tilt like that, you know, your rod basically becomes, uh, another way to add weight or add depth to the base. Yeah. You make it yeah. deeper. Now you got that bait deeper and you're just getting it out of the way. You know, this you yeah. could see the troll in that many lines off the boat and just get the bait away from each other so you don't get hung up all the time. Um, you know, and that's, and to me, that was the way the system was. And I've got six, I don't know, what have I got? I got five foot rails on the boat, so I can really put the distance between those rods, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it makes it nice. I got the, the five foot track system, and I could, you know, I can really put some spread between them. And, and it just makes a nice little.
0: Uh, a nice little system. Nice. Good. I, yeah, like hearing that. Um I got remember last week when we did the uh questions from the, the 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 one listener who Yes wrote in? I have oh gosh.
1: You have one listener? That's good.
0: Yeah, I got I got <laughs> one. He he talks to us a lot. Um <laughs> But uh we we did the first three questions, but now we got Greg, we're going to go through the next three, which number six oh seems like quite a big one. But anyways, <clears throat> I'm going to read these. Pardon my reading. Sometimes this, the words aren't put together correctly. Mm. That's my excuse. Um, <clears throat> as a continuation from last week, question number four. Bait size. For a creek system, do you generally use something smaller? Uh, small bucktail or twitch bait, spinner, et cetera. Or would you use something like a bulldog because it's different and maybe presents itself like a gigantic lunge? I, I'm assuming a bigger bulldog based on the question. Um, Greg, why don't you feel this yeah. one first? Is <clears throat> a creek system? That's what it said, The creek system. I'd probably say like a small yeah. river.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my whole thing on that is that I just I think people use smaller baits in those situations because a lot of times that's what they grew up fishing is the smaller stuff. You know, I don't just you know, fish don't just all of a sudden start eating bigger baits because they make bigger baits. They've always eaten bigger stuff. Um, and there's a time for it. There's a time they want smaller stuff. We throw a lot of rattle baits in the spring. You know, they're three, four inches long and uh, catch fish on them. But, you know, in the creeks and stuff and the rivers around home, guys are throwing cowgirls in the summer and they're throwing, you know, mad dogs and they're throwing 10-inch uh, jerk baits. I mean, I did a uh, the last video I did, I fished with some guys in North Carolina um, on a, uh, we fished two rivers down there. One was uh, the French Broad, which runs right through Asheville, uh, North Carolina, and then the other one was the Nola Chucky, which runs through uh, to, uh, eastern Tennessee.
0: And literally
1: everything we caught, we got maybe half a dozen fish, and they were all on, except for one, they were all on ten-inch jerkbaits. You know, and these are these are John boat streams. I mean, these are small streams. These ain't very big at all, and the fish are eating big baits. So I mean. You definitely got to try them. I mean, I know guys throwing double tins and stuff in these little rivers now, and what they're finding is they're not getting as many fish, but the bigger fish that they always thought were there were showing up. You know, you're, you're I think you're presenting a little bigger meal for a bigger fish, but if you're looking for numbers and stuff, I don't think I'd be, you know, you, know, you got to kind of uh, figure out what, you're, what you want. You know, it's kind of like the whole progression of musky fish. You know, at first you're just like, I just want to catch one. I just want to catch one. Then you want to catch a bunch. And then you want a big one, you know. So it's, you got to kind of see where what level you're at, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Todd, you got anything to add to that?
1: No, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're you're going to catch them on the what you're throwing. There's no doubt about it. And there's, I don't think these a ten inch bait is is. I mean, it's, it looks huge compared to what I used to throw when I was a kid. I mean, it looks it's it's three times the size. But uh, you know, that's not. That's not big. I mean, when you hold one of those fish that weighs 35 pounds or 40 pounds and you look at their head, that 10-inch bait can get lost in there real quick. Mm So, I mean, you know, it's not that big of a bait. You know, those 30, 40-inch fish are eating stuff that are 8 or 10 inches on a regular basis, so the bait is not that big. I mean, you know, in, in the stream systems, it's always a little different of, you know, snacking up and you know what type of water you're fishing, but uh, you know I think it's more just getting comfort Just just as Greg said, what what are you comfortable fishing? They're uh, they they're they're, they're going to eat it if they want it. Yeah, yeah, that's you know I, I gotta agree. I mean a lot of it too is, is you know if you if you really want to try to catch the bigger fish, then you know sometimes you just got to keep using the bigger bait to sacrifice. Sacrifice numbers, you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice the numbers to do that. Yeah.
0: But. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll wrap up this question number four with, I, I, I'm going to say, you know, everything that Greg and Todd said, that's, that's, I think that's spot on. So I, I'll sum it up with this. Don't let the size of water dictate the size of your baits. If it's small water, you don't have to use small baits. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yep. If it's a big fish, living in small water, you're going to have to eat big stuff. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's yeah. probably, I mean, these, these rivers and creeks, I mean, there's, there's big suckers and in there, carp and, and everything. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not a, uh, something they're not afraid of, something they're not used to, to snacking, snacking down
0: on. Yeah. All right. Question number five. I'm just going to read this. This one's a really long worded one, like number six. Um, here we go. It says upstream or downstream on a stream. And I got to edit some of this stuff out. He does give exact spots on this. Uh, on a stream where I fish has relatively slow current. I take a canoe with stabilizers because I can fish upstream and present the lure to a fish before I drift past it. I feel like traveling upstream on these small bodies of water is a better method because I have a less chance of spooking a fish and getting it to follow, but do it. But does a muskie care if you float by them? Will they spook like any other fish, or do they just not care that you are there and will eat regardless of your approach, all things being equal? Is uh, all things being equal to an upstream or downstream float? Um, Greg, good thing you talked about little rivers and you wanted a, a jet boat. What do you think?
1: How do you float upstream in the current? Yeah,
0: sometimes you can. If it's a slow current and the wind's right, you can float upstream. <laughs> <laughs> so he's
1: talking about floating. He's talking about floating in a boat.
0: He yeah, he said I mean,
1: oh, not waiting, not waiting. Okay.
0: Yeah, he's he's in He's just in the in the uh, question it was he was in a canoe with stabilizers, so he's in a small boat in a small okay, stream system. Okay. Yeah. He's afraid his boat's uh, gonna spook you know, the fish. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I don't have a lot of experience in that small stream, you know, stuff like that. I mean. My experience most of the time, fish are usually, you know, they're if they're in current, they're usually facing the current, just out of the current, you know, whether they're sitting behind a log or a bump on the bottom or, or something like that, and they're just kind of waiting for something to come drift by them. Um, as far as spooking them, you know, I, you know, maybe in ultra clear water, but. I don't know. I don't think most of the stream fish I've seen and dealt with are pretty dumb. Uh, <laughs>
3: they
1: don't, I mean, they, they don't, they don't spook that easy. The ones that I've dealt with, I mean, we're catching them on figure eight, on so I think they don't do that very often in those places. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I think of I believe the spooking thing. Now I, I will say in some of the real clear lakes that I fish, um, like figure eighting, you will spook them. I mean, I I fish a lake up in Minnesota that, you know, you can see down. Jeez. After turnover, you can see 15 to 18 feet down. And, uh, if you get a fish to come up, they'll eat on the eight before you gotta, you can't do a lot of turkey jerky movement, or they'll, they'll spook. You can just, I mean, you can just tell right when you move, they'll, they'll flash off. But, uh, if you, you know, if you're more fluid and stuff, which sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not, it's, uh, you can get those fish to bite, but first, the small stream, I just those fish to me don't seem as, as spooky as others. I don't know. Pop, what, are you, what do you think? I, I've really never fished too many streams in a boat. I mean, Andy's got more uh, my stream fishing is wading, and I will say this. you know, the, the old school people would always say to wade upstream, so you present the lure up in front of the fish. I've always liked to wade downstream just because, number one, it's easier it's walking. These sounds <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's much easier walking and you make a lot less noise. I mean, if anything can spook, and I, I had walked right up on it before when you're walking upstream and you're splashing the water like that. Uh, I tend to, I tend to, you know, if I have a spot that I'm going to fish and I'm going to get dropped off somewhere and fish a couple miles stretch, I get dropped off and I work my way downstream uh, as far as the wading goes. The boat fishing, I mean, I've seen it with Andy. He's taken his boat, he's taken a ranger with a 115 on it and, you know, buzzing on this little stream. And I, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind when, 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 I mean, Vance, Vance and Andy, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, when those guys are jigging off the back corner and it's like, they're these fish never see a boat. They're, they're more likely to see a deer walking down the stream deer legs or something, or, uh, you know, uh, there's just not that many boats. And I can't believe that those fish come out and last those baits right a boat sitting on a stream that you can't even turn the boat around in. Uh, that, 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 that amazes me when I went a couple of times I go off
2: the bandy. Yeah. yeah. and that happened the last time we went out fishing on that stream. if if we would have turned the boat we would have got we would have been on both edges of the stream We would've been wedged in there. <laughs> we would have been wedged. Like plaque in a fat guy's yeah. arteries. Yeah, and that and that fish came we were go, we were coming upstream.
0: It shot out from under the boat. And it it had no place under to boat, yeah. be
2: but of, under the boat. Yeah, and it was not... It wasn't spooked at all. It came back again and...
0: And that was... That, that's all we saw of it. Yeah, yeah that's all it, we saw of it. But it, it certainly
2: didn't act like it was It was spooked. Yeah,
0: I mean, th- there was the one spot where I, I, I dubbed it the jungle, if you remember that. Yeah. I'll go up through it, go upstream, fish it, you know, may, maybe see a fish, maybe not. And this stream is, at that point, maybe 20 feet wide. Mm-hmm. It widens out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And on the way back through... Which could be a half hour later. You know, and I got a 54-inch shaft on this motor. So it's down in the water like three foot. Mm-hmm. And it's in like four or five foot deep of water. And I'm running the motor. Mm-hmm. And there's fish coming out. Yeah. So the motor's on. There's a giant boat in a very small amount of water. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it means anything. Especially if you're in a canoe and you have a paddle. Yeah. I think it means even less.
2: Yeah, I think you're even more stealthy at that Yeah. Time.
0: Yeah, so that's that's what I think i upstream downstream I don't know like when uh I always get when I go up in my little spots you know it doesn't matter if I'm going upstream or downstream if I know I'm gonna turn around and fish it back I'm just as excited to go the other way as I was the, the initial way yeah because it's like I see different fish mm-hmm. it, it sounds stupid but they might have been there to begin with they might have moved in since I went over them mm. i I don't know yeah but that's that's what I like is Well wouldn't it also wouldn't it also mean, you know, you, when you go a different direction you're presenting the bait at different angle. So, you know,
1: just that fish may not be able to kind of not steam the bait if they're strip down.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's to yeah. it almost
1: sounds like fishing a fishing a big wheat mm-hmm. bed. You know, you know, like cabbage for instance. You know, I mean cabbage you can you can trip you can fish the edges of it or you can fish right down the middle of it. You know, I always make a I mean a big weed but you know, you fish the edge and then you make one pass right down the middle. Of it. You know, be surprised at what comes right out of the middle of
0: the stuff versus uh, right on the edge of it. Yeah, um, I'm glancing through this number six question. I, yeah, I, I think yeah, it it could be angles. It could could be a lot of you know, who knows? It's a fish that I can't see where it's at unless he shows himself to me. I mean, it's I I'd say fish them both equally the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've, I mean, I've just always thought those fish. I mean, you got to think of what we're fishing for. We're fishing for this fish that, uh, you know, what once they're starting to become adult fish, they have no fear. I mean, we catch them, you know, short, Greg catches them short line trolling, like with no line off the end of the rod tip. Like they can almost bite the rod tip sometimes. Uh, oh, like yeah. Six, six feet of line and, you know, behind the prop. And I've caught them when there were skiers going by and jet skiers and front of. I just don't think they have any recollection of like fear. Do they spook occasionally? I mean, occasionally you stick the rod tip in the water, do your figure eight, and you'll see the fish uh, bolt off. But if they're keyed in on that bait, you can wrap them upside the head with the rod, and they still they still will chase that bait down. I mean, you know, they're 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 they they really don't have a lot of fear. I don't believe. Yeah, and the other thing too is when you see fish. I'm a firm believer that clear the water, you see more fish. I, mean, I think you raise as many fish as you do in in dirty water. You just don't see them. hmm You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many fish
3: in clear water, you'd be like,
1: oh, there's one that's like eight feet behind the bait. Well, in dirty water, you don't know what's back there.
2: No. Um, no.
1: You know, every once in a while on your graph, you'll see like I'll look at it and I'll see like a big arc go down from the boat, and I'm like, well, that might have been a deep follower. Or something like that, but yeah, who knows? Especially if the water's dirty, you might be one you didn't spot. I mean, night fish. Now I used to night fish a ton. I'd have a ton of bottles like that at night, just watch the grass. And all of a sudden, there's a you know, I see this thing drift underneath, you know, giant arc drifting in the graph, and I'm like, oh, well, there must have been one.
3: Because
1: uh, <laughs> they just you know, you get that, and you can't you can't see those fish, and, and uh, you know, clear water. You know, I, I fished a lot of clear water, and and. uh, you know, it's funny if those fish are tuned in, like Todd said, if they're if they're locked in on that bait, as long as you don't screw it up on the bait, that fish will that fish will try to eat. I mean, that's just part of their part of their mechanism. And like I said, you're talking about in a stream, you know, you're putting this big old, you know, you got this giant boat full, and I always do it, you know, the fish has got to be thinking it's a big old lily pad up there with a big frog on it or something. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they don't
1: they don't get spooked by it. They just, go you know, to them, it's just like, oh, look, it's shady over here. <laughs> uh, you know it I just don't I don't
0: think that makes a big difference. Okay. Number six is gonna be kinda long-winded. So here and it's many parts, but I, I think I think we can sum it up. But I, I tried reading it a couple times to, to, to get it narrowed down. It's gonna be hot tough. But here we go. Streams the fish. I love exploring. I would hike for three hours to a spot if I feel I could get a follower grab. Generally speaking, the streams see pressures at bridge areas. Do you generally skip these high-pressure areas altogether and opt instead to hike that extra half mile or more to a secluded area? I, I've been musky fishing for about two months, but I've yet to actually see another person uh, even musky fishing at my locations. Uh, let's just, we'll, we'll stop that one there, and then I can pick up another thing. So, the... That guy is way too
1: aggressive. time to walk this that far. That's... He's going after fish that I won't catch, uh, unless he would unless he would pull me uh, in a tube or something. So I'm probably not going to fish those
2: areas. Just
0: fine. Okay. All right. Now, I, I guess that's Greg's answer in a nutshell. <laughs> now Tony, Tony's
1: a hiker. Now he would probably go there. That man loves to hike.
3: Me, I don't know. Is that true? Isn't certain? (laughs) He
1: loves a spell adventure. He would do that.
0: That's great. (laughs) Let's
2: answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what do you hike into? I mean, you hike into structure, you hike into somewhere that you've saw fish uh, active at. A uh, spot that looks similar to this one.
0: Uh, um, you know. I like I, I, somewhere I have a four wheeler.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Can you see it on on a satellite image? Yeah, that's
0: kind of like to, the, that's kind of like the next part. Google the, Google Map fishing. Yeah, that's and, and you know Todd, do you have anything to weigh in on this before I because I cheated? I read the other part of this big question. Do you have anything?
3: Yeah, to, I mean, I. I, I I
1: don't do a lot of the stream fishing. I mean, I have very limited. I go a couple times a year. I've caught some giant fish in some very small streams. Uh, I wouldn't say that many, I mean, I do have some, some holes, that. but I mean, that, that's over that's over years. But there's a couple holes that I don't go to that often because it's electric that is like, eh, let's see, do I want to take two hours to walk a half hour down there to may or may not see a fish? But I know that that you know, holds fish. Yeah. every once in a while, once every few years, I go there. You know, I, I just say, oh, I'm going to take a hike and eat some exercise. I've been sitting in the boat every day for the last 18 days straight. I want to walk somewhere, and, uh, you know, I will go down and do something. Yeah, I've, like never, that. I've so, never felt
2: that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're
1: getting older, Greg, you're, if you will. Yeah, I've never felt that way. I so, thought, well, I've been sitting in the boat for 18 days. Let's, let's see how my
3: team
2: works. <laughs> see, I really want to hike. You know, so do you leave? And move a I, bit think, I wow. think what he's get, asking older. is older. I get stiff-legged and am yeah, <laughs> sure. Do you uh, do you leave yeah, a yeah, high-pressure I mean, area? Once
1: you find those holes, You know, uh, you know the, the, the the you know the fish. You know the fish are holding. Whole thing you know, some my best holes. I can drive my car up to. I could practically cast out of the car window. That is the hole I like. Some <laughs> 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 no, of my best holes are that way. I mean, the fish are there.
2: Now, that's hiking. They get some pressure, but... (laughs)
0: Um.
2: Yeah, do you leave a high-pressured area to try and go find a new spot? Uh, You know, you can relate that on a big lake. Uh, Andy, you can relate that on on a stream. If you see a guy on a bridge and they're jigging off of it, or if you Mm -hmm. see two cars parked, you say, oh, shit, I better, you know move upstream and try to find somebody else because these fish have already seen lures they might have already been caught especially in a small area like a stream that's mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah I, I I guess this this is this is how I, I tackle this and, and Greg's gonna think I'm a little bit of a overachiever I, I do the Google Earth fishing I that is my little thing that I like to do uh, I know what he's talking about the bridges where they when they re- do a bridge repair or something like that for whatever reason, part of the construction it seems to be deeper there and it's very easy access i have had probably some of my better holes are underneath a bridge or close to a bridge um upstream or downstream um if i see someone fishing there that i don't know i will not fish it uh but i know it's a high pressure spot i will go there when no one else is there mm-hmm. and i will go, and then the fish are there i mean if the guys are there walleye fishing Generally, they're not doing too much to the musky population. They're going to catch them, but go there and go there. It's if it's easy, why not do it? Go there and catch the easy fish. That you know, I always say that like there's a there's a spot, that community spot around me, that when I get there, if I beat everyone there, especially in the fall, I will go and just work it as fast as I can with the bait, mm-hmm. because I need to catch the easy fish before someone else gets here, and after that, then it's just you got to work them, you know, and hope to get one. But, um, yeah, I would hit the easy spot. Like, you know, when he was talking about maybe walking a half mile. If there's if there's a promising spot, like within a reasonable walking distance from, from that on Google Earth, fish the easy spot, go up, walk, try to find a new spot. It may or may not be good. Anyways, you still got to go back to your car. Mm-hmm. Turn around, come back, fish the spot again. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if nothing else, you hit the spot twice, you learn something, and there's there's no reason not to fish it just because someone else is. Yeah, it's a timing. timing is, it's a timing thing.
1: Timing yeah. is so important in this sport. I mean, dance yeah. uh, how many days were we doing our little cast thing this year where we caught fish all season long, months on end? Boats in front of us, boats behind us. Yeah. You you just don't let it bother you. You pull in. And Greg sees this like crazy down there, in Cave Run. I mean, he's dealing with way more musty fishermen. I mean, there's not a lot of guys are going on down there. But I, 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 I know there's sometimes those guys get all their boats into one day, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, tons of boats cast apart. Look at the way the PMTT went this year.
3: Oh,
2: well, he's like an that anchor. It was
1: ridiculous, and it's the craziest thing I ever saw. It was people anchor. People, people were, were anchored. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. Was great. I got to see same. a lot of people's boats. Yep. <laughs> people anchored in the same spot all day long at 2.30 in the afternoon someone would hook a fish they took the same cast all day so I mean timing timing is everything <laughs> just because it's heavily pressure don't be afraid to fish it yeah exactly the other thing too is, is, is when you're talking about timing I mean I'm I'm kind of a big believer in moon and and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the moon phase, you know, not just the moon phase, but the, you know, the moon rise and set. it just, it makes for a good excuse, if I
3: don't
2: catch anything either. <laughs> but, uh, the, I uh, usually uh, chalk it up to, I suck.
1: Yeah.
2: I didn't know it was the moon. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, That's helps. driving in India right
2: now. We should catch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, you sound the, uh, smart. The,
1: uh, I mean, it just. You know, but it is. If you look like there's some good apps you can get on your phone and stuff that that'll give you like the moonrise and moonset and, and even your new graphs now have them on there. But uh, you know, if you just like if you're on you know, if you're if you're walking and, and waiting and stuff and you know, you can get these apps for your phone and they you know, like I use one called Fish Cow Light. Um, I like it and it it'll have uh, L I T E and it'll have uh uh you know, it'll give you the majors and minors for where you're at and and so, whether you believe in that or not, sometimes it's kind of worth just kind of looking at. And, you know, and if you're, if you're somewhere like a weekend guy or if you have limited time and you, you know, if you can plan your time around some of these blue phases, sometimes you're, you're better off, you know. But, you know, you don't, don't, don't let them ruin your trip if you don't, if you can't be out there during those times either. No. Like, you know, if you can, if you can add that to it, I, I think that does help. I mean, I've seen some of that stuff work in the past and, and it doesn't always work. I think. Uh, local weather that trumps everything. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, a storm front coming in, a storm front leaving, you know, the atmosphere changing, you know, wind or or whatever is, um, it, it means a lot too. But, you know, if you can, if you can time it to where, you know, you've got a couple things going on uh, externally, uh, you know, a lot of that, that, that means a lot, especially in pressured areas. So there's a the deal. The reason it's pressured is probably good the spot. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: There's fish there, um, so you gotta, you know, it's worth it's worth making a pass. Man, it's the way I always, the way I always
2: look at it. And those guys all fishing there, are waiting for the, for the bite, mm-hmm. the time for it to turn yeah. on. You know, so yeah. I mean, you have just as good a chance as fishing that spot. You know, if those fish are going to turn on, and there's three people in the spot, or three, thirty boats, or whatever it is. Once it turns on, it's well, on. Other, so you want to be in that spot, go ahead. you know. Go ahead, go ahead, Greg.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other, the other thing is too is I think you want to, um, you want to look at kind of like if it's, if it's a small collection of boats, you can't see what everybody's throwing, you know. And it, you might want to change it up and like if everybody's throwing, you know, twitch bait, well, maybe throw a, a jerk bait or. Um, also, see how the spot's being fished. You know, if guys are fishing shallow, then make a pass down the middle. Make a deep pass. Uh, you know, look for fish that maybe aren't seeing the regular bait. You know? Look for fish that are, you know, look for a different population of fish. So um, they're always fighting. I mean, there's always fish there to be caught, no matter if you're in a lake, river, reservoir, moon, whatever. I mean, there's always <laughs> fish there to be
3: caught.
1: You just got to maybe change the presentation and, and instead of going after the fish that are, you know, primarily maybe feeding the shallow water, cut them off before they get there, fish the first break, or, or fish a little deeper. That's one thing I've really learned the last probably 10 years, is I, I've really started fishing a lot deeper in situations, and one, my, not necessarily, my numbers haven't went down that much, but my size has actually went up a little bit. Hmm.
2: That's what she Just said. Just by uh, exploring
1: after, going after the fish that people aren't fishing for, or getting the fish before they move into the normal areas and they're eat. you just got to figure out what you know maybe you have to troll a little bit deeper maybe you know vertical jigging you know vertical jigging gotten huge down it especially. um body bait in the trees and stuff like that those were fish that have always been there we just never could get to them and now we can and it's it produces some of the biggest fish in the lake every year so it's just getting those fish before they go in and out it's just another zone that they're living in and we weren't
2: able to get to them before. before. Yeah. When you're starting out two months into muskie fishing, everything seems so overwhelming. There's so much stuff out there that's intimidating.
0: I think I there's mean, a lot of it, bad
2: information, too. I mean, oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, like, even when I first started getting into it, uh, you know, like the moon phase, that stuff, you could sit there and read about that for hours, and still, I mean, it, it's confusing. That stuff could, could overwhelm you, could turn you off real fast. I'd say. Yeah. Go I mean, with it's, something. It's, get your, and the get, other
1: thing too is, is, you know, I mean, again, with the moon phase, I, I always look like an hour before, hour after. That's it. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, you know, the moon sets at one, I caught a fish at five, and I go, oh,
3: yeah, right the moon phase, four
1: hours afterwards. <laughs> <it's not laughs> you know, and it's, that's not it. I mean, and... and you know, it's just, you know, look at it. Don't make it a law. Don't make it get in your head that you think, oh, I've got to be out there during moon or I'm not going to catch one. You know, you can't do that. I mean, I went through that. You know, and I, but I've seen it work. I mean, I've seen it, you know, on Malax there when we were getting some of those real big ones, especially after dark. Boy, when that moon was, there was some certain angles that that moon was on some nights. That it was just like all the big ones in the lake were just, it was just really weird, especially, when there was only a small group of guys out there, there was like four of us out there fishing. You know, it's you know, as soon as you know, we were all kind of calling or texting each other when we'd get fish. It was, it was odd how many times the cell phones lit up at the same time. Yeah. Um. Now, have you a, have you, you seen, know, seen the
2: movement. have you s- seen the opposite spectrum of that? Have you seen them turn on what? when? They, when it, have you seen the fish turn on when you weren't expecting it? You, you
1: know. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just, you know, for whatever reason, like I said, to me, outside weather trumps everything. You got a front moving in or a front moving out or wind, you know, wind can be a big deal. I mean, I, you know, me and wind have a love-hate, well, actually a hate-hate relationship.
3: Um,
1: (laughs) It is, you know, I mean, I'm not a a huge wind fan. I mean, I always had a saying, is guys that love fishing in the wind have never fished Mm -hmm. in the wind. Uh, because it's, it's a pain most of the time. Yeah. But, you know, as long as it's not overly crazy, I don't mind it. You know, like when I was younger, you know, my son, you'd be out in the Lacks fishing these rock reefs and being four-foot waves and going, this is a blast. Now I know it is not a yeah. blast. It's
2: awful. <laughs> it, it sucks. sucks let's say it
3: sucks. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, and, and it wasn't worth it. I mean, were we getting some fish? Yeah, we were getting some fish. But... I found that you know those areas they weren't near as awful, and my you know I didn't have to set on a hemorrhoid session to get there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know that's that's the thing is I just once you deal with this wind so much it it sucks. But if you get like a a wind change, one thing in Kentucky that you know there's a uh, there's a well, Muskie. I don't know if you see Muskie owners got a book coming out. Um, it's uh, for Christmas or something. Uh, and uh, Derek's a smart guy he did something that, that that's great he wanted to write a book so he got 25 people to write a chapter and call it a book uh, and I had to write one of them so but there was a, the thing I wrote about was in the early fall you know the early fall transition on southern lakes you know you get, this, you get these fish that move into coves and you know you would always have two major bites during the day you know it seemed to always happen one was the first first light you know first light First time the sun hit the water, um, you know, you'd fish the shade line and the sun come
0: over, you'd get fish to bite in.
1: The other time, and it didn't matter if it was moon phase, you know, you know, whatever, it didn't matter, is when the wind started blowing in the cove. If you got wind to start blowing in that cove, it would trigger a bite. I don't know why, but they just seemed to trigger fish to move. Um, hmm. Whether it triggered them to move in or out, they were moving, and, you know, a moving fish is a
0: catchable fish. Hmm. Well, yeah. So, I'm going to finish up the questionnaire with part B of question six. I'm going to sum it up. I, I read it a couple It's times. It, uh, more or less, the, the, this guy, he's doing the Google Earth fishing. And he, he, he looks at a spot on Google Earth that looks promising. He goes there, it looks even more promising. Uh, he goes several times without seeing a fish, but it looks good. When do you give up on a spot? And this, this can transcend into lakes. You're like, this weed bed looks great. You go back several times throughout the, you know, whether it be a week, a day, a month. When do you just say there's not fish in there? So when do you give up?
2: When you never catch one <laughs> in that spot, <laughs> years later.
1: Uh, it, yeah, I think it's, uh, for me, I just, it could be a seasonal thing, too. Um, you know, when some spots are seasonal. I think. You know, you got some areas that are just good in the fall or some areas that are good in the spring. You know, I definitely see seasonal spots. The other thing is, you know, sometimes it's some spots are good some years, some some sometimes they're not. And uh I don't know. I tend to if it looks good to me, I keep fishing it throughout the year until I just get finally completely frustrated or or whatever. But I, I usually keep hitting it, you know. Especially as long as it's not like a you know, a
3: huge
1: spot. You know, if it's a small area, I'll I'll try it. But if it's a if it's a if it's a big area, you know, I'll I'll hit it maybe once every week or something like that, uh, or then, then maybe do it once every month or something just to see if there's fish there. But you know, it's it's one of those deals that you know I'll keep working it if I think it's going to be a good spot. But sometimes
0: they just suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there
0: is that. <laughs> there's that option in every spot they could just suck <laughs> yeah Todd what do you think but
1: yeah I mean I I <laughs> agree with a lot with what Greg said I mean I tell you, as you you know, the more you've done it when you look at a map when you're you know when we went to the PMTT events and stuff like that you look at a map of a lake and you pick them up you pick a good spot I mean you learn that I mean if it's a good spot it's if there's fish there if there's fish in the lake <laughs> If there's fish in the stream you're fishing, it's going to – I mean, it's not hard to pick those areas where those fish are going to be holding. Now, as Greg said, there are years that, uh, you know, there's years certain areas of the lake just start producing. Uh, There's years that that same area is unbelievable fishing. You know, I I, I go through that all the time. I mean, I never – I fish the same lake 100 days a year. I can tell you right now, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next season. I know what I'm going to be doing, but I don't know where I'm going to be doing it because I don't know where the hot spot <laughs> is going to be, but I'm going to find it. Uh, it's the same spots, That not every year do they, they stay in those same areas. But usually if you find a good spot that that, you, that that looks good, there's fish in there, there's a time that it's going to be good. <laughs>
0: hmm. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, like for me, I, I, I do all this, uh, I'll do, you know, I will walk through, I, I knock on people's doors to get permission to walk up to their streams and, and check stuff out because it looks good on Google Earth. Um, it's mainly because of time constraints I have. I don't have time to pack up the boat and always go some someplace far, but I can go within, you know, 20 minute drive anywhere and find some more doors to knock on. You know, there's spots I have that just look incredible. I drive by them, I look, I'm like, I know there's a muskie in there and I, I've, I'm on this one spot now for about three years. I have yet to see a muskie come up. I had a hit earlier this year at that spot. I didn't see what hit me. Mm-hmm. Could have been a smallmouth. I could have hit a carp. I don't know. It could have been a pike. Yeah. Um, but I'm not giving up on it. And as I feel, you know, at least in, this, in the river fishing, that you're going to start finding all these spots, and then you can play a little game of Connect the Dots. I got three hours. I can go... What makes you come to this spot? You,
2: you just you look at it and you say there's gotta be a fish here. And what, what, what makes you what makes you think that you've had previous success at You're, a similar looking location? Exactly. I okay. mean you
0: you can look it's real easy. Look right, look left. If if it's if it's rapids downstream and rapids upstream, and this is the only calm water as far as you can see, there's a good chance there's a fish in there. Yeah. At least one. Yeah. Um probably more. And but if you have you know, gosh, there's a section that I have that might be three miles long of 12 foot deep Mm -hmm. and you just pick a spot on the bank. I don't have any, I don't have nearly the confidence right there Mm -hmm. as, as I would, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's a shallow riffle here and this is the head of a hole. And, you know, there might be some, you know, something unfishable downstream, whether it's just a huge log jam or something, you know, I would fish as much as I could there because like, well, I know they're not up here they're probably down here but i can't catch them but they might be right here
2: so pertaining directly to pertaining i would his keep, his question keep hammering you been, yeah you've been working a spot for 3 yeah. years and you got it one hit so
0: that was a question mark but i've also had another spot that i said this has to have a fish and it took me 2 years mm. i finally caught that fish but um and it wasn't an impressive fish it was actually a really i'll, I'll tell the story i'll take you there if, if the weather's right it's a it's a it's a hole as big as this pole barn 24 by 32 mm-hmm. it's it's a little rinky dink hole and i said there's got to be one here so i went there i was casting musky baits and i had like three or four walleye hit i actually caught one mm-hmm. i said oh this is cool i came back the next day with with musky gear and walleye gear because i'm like well i'm gonna catch it in it i start casting walleye stuff and i catch a musky <laughs> so I, I don't know what it was but you know, I mean, I, I was obviously a muskie. I don't know what made it different that day that it hit mm-hmm. walleye gear. It was just a little walleye crankbait. That's all it, it hit. Yeah. But I was catching, you know, on 8-inch twitch baits. I was having these 15-inch walleye come up and smack it. Yeah. So, yeah, I caught a muskie in that hole after grinding on it. Mm-hmm. But I caught it while I was trying to catch a dinner. Yeah. But, hey, it counts. It counts, yes. Here's
1: the big thing. Like, you you... you when you're talking about those streams, I mean, there, there, there's there's X amount of monkeys. I mean, the population is not there. You, you know, you're talking with Greg, who's fishing Lake St. Clair Cave Run. We're fishing at uh, you know Chautauqua Lake. That has you know the these, these, the the population is much higher in these places. Uh, you know, those 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 smaller places. I mean, you're not. I mean, fish can be a successful day.
3: And he says that quite often where he's going. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, seeing a fish,
1: catching a fish, looking a fish, I mean, you found a spot there. You're not going to run into the numbers that you are, like, to have 100,000 of them swimming around in. You can find a spot on St. Clair that you're just going to keep catching them for, you know, you can find the situations where they're, you know, it gets easy for a while. It doesn't always last. they're there for a week. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always stay that way, but, you know, for a while, it's like, well, gee, we'll just go catch our bunch of fish today. Uh, sometimes those spots last, sometimes they move around, but on those streams, the one thing, and I, I know we've touched on that before, once you find those spots, that, that, once you find that spot, once you start seeing those fish, I mean, it's going to hold them. It's going to hold them for many, many years to come. Uh, that's the biggest thing about stream fishing to me.
0: Especially when I'm doing the bank yanking, I, I, you know, generally there's exceptions, but when I'm when I'm doing what I call a milk run, I might spend five minutes in a hole. I might spend forty five minutes in a hole. It's so like it, it'd be like pulling up to cast somewhere. You're not really staying in one spot. You're you're, you're always going to be kind of moving, but in those holes, you're yeah. going to just work the hole, and then you're like, well. What am I going to do? I'll switch baits once or twice, depending, or I'll just say, I'm getting out of here. Don't give up on it. If, if it's on the way, like if it's 15 miles out of your way of a milk run, I wouldn't make a special trip on something you've been grinding on for, you know, a season or two, but don't let it slip away. Mm-hmm. Always try to come back and Revisit. see. Revisit. But, you know, you just got to manage your time smart. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess that, that also transcends into the boat. Yeah, you know, manage your time. Yeah,
1: yep. I'm sure Greg does the same thing. I mean, there's times when I, I take clients out and we fish, we fish an area for hours, move somewhere else, the day goes on, and they're like, okay, what are we going to do now? And I, I will take them back to the spot we started at, and they're like, well, you know, we didn't see anything there, but they don't know what we just did the last couple of days, uh, and it's like, yeah, I know we didn't see anything. That's amazing you need to go over there because they're going to be there. You know, you, you, you know they were there yesterday. They were there the day before. I'm sure Greg runs into that, too, just, uh, you know, kind of back to that timing thing. Then you pull in there, and then you're hero. It's three fish bites, you know. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think that all uh, morning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, that's a, that's a lot of it. That, you know, you, you know, the, that's the one thing time on the water helps, too, you know. That, yeah. You know, you know that there's fish in that area and using in that area, you know, on the – the only thing I will say the guys is that I know that fish the the Northwestern Ontario uh, uh, stuff, like, like in the woods and Eagle, you know, those guys, they don't do a lot of going back area. For one, there's just a ton of spots up there. So these guys are hitting 40 to 60 spots day and just covering the water and not going back on stuff. It's hard for me to do that. I like to kind of keep working stuff and, and trying to, you know, fish and stuff when I think fish are going to be there, or go back on fish, or go back to areas that I know have got fish on them. Uh, you know, I'm more of a, you know, and one thing in tournaments, I think it's the reason in tournaments why we've been successful, and, you know, Kyle, I know you guys have done it well, especially that stay in tournament. you guys just stayed on fish. Yes. Yeah. Just, just stayed on them. No, a lot of fish. You know, it's fox. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I Yeah. Know. yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because that's all you got. Guys say, oh, why didn't you beat that spot?" The only thing we've seen the whole three days we've been here. So yeah. You know, we're going to try to
3: yeah. get you that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's a
1: uh, yeah. you know, that's, uh You know, that's kind of the thing. You've got to sometimes just beat the spots up. Sometimes it just comes down to, uh, you know, what you're, you know, whether it's fake choice or in the way you're attacking it. You know, it's, if you've not seen it too, like with trolling, you um, you know, trolling a bait in a straight line, you know, sometimes it, uh, with trolling, it could just be, could be anything from the action of the bait, you know, whether it's a tight wobble to a wide wobble to the depth at which the lure is occupying, you know, that has something to do with it. Um, uh, and then stop and go. Sometimes they just want some stop and go, which is where X comes into play. Um, you know, they want that stop and go action. See that too. So just because you, you know, I think people, I, I, I think, and I catch myself doing it too. A lot of times I do it, uh, fishing a spot too fast or I don't go back on a spot because I've just you know, one if I've been fishing it all week I'm just tired of looking at it. But uh kind of yeah. the old adage, you don't you don't leave fish to find fish. So uh you know I I, I I catch myself doing that sometimes but um going back and staying on a spot kind of like what you're saying though Andy about you know if you've got a section of river that's three miles long, um that's kind of hard to pinpoint where the fish are. It's easier to fish a small spot than a big spot. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the thing, like, if you're a lake fisherman now, especially, like, if you're fishing in the Midwest, and I don't know if it applies to where you guys are or not, but um, the lake maps and stuff that you can get on your drafts now, you know, the Lake Master and Avionic maps, those things have made it so much nicer to fish, especially big areas. Because, I mean, shoot, you can fish a giant flat and say it's all pretty much uniform shape, but there's like a point that runs out. Well, just by looking at it, you can see, well, the whole thing looks the same except for this spot. I'm going to start there. You know, instead of having to go yep. through that whole giant flat, which that whole giant flat probably looks fish, all right? But it's going to take you three hours to catch the whole thing, and you can go to right there in that one unique, you know, looking for those unique areas and say, okay, well, there's a point right there and there's a couple turns. You know, and if there's fish here, there's probably, you know, if there's going to be fish on the spot, they're probably going to be right there. And you know, you can go there, fish there. If You see fish there. You're like, okay, well, maybe next time I'll start a hundred yards down. You know, and uh, you know, you maybe you'll find other little spots on there. But uh, you know, looking for those little unique stretches or making a big spot a small spot is real important.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are approaching an hour and fifty five minutes. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Are you almost
2: home, Greg? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I'm almost, to, I'm almost to Dayton, which is really lovely at 10.30 at night. I like, can almost hear the gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's duck season. Time. Although I left Detroit, so it's just nice. It's it's oh, like so a it's just, it's just, me. you're going to getting out of Detroit then? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, no, there's you're nothing. I, uh, there's a lot more cars yeah, leaving Detroit, like, Detroit I, than it's coming it's in. It's like I never left. It's like I never
3: left.
1: <laughs> I always tell people it's like, God's little joke that when the best puppy lakes and the worst places in the country it's just lovely
0: uh, it's one of the just the greatest things yeah oh my goodness now Greg I prepped you for this do you have that story I
2: have
0: a story I told you I, it could be a big fish a great fishing day something funny Oh, a
1: story what kind of story do you want
0: I don't care I just I, 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 I want a, a I want a I good story,
1: story. <laughs> um well, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just, like I said, this is my 19th year doing this. So I have a lot of people in the boat. Uh, let me see. I got one, uh, we used to, uh, this has got to be a unique story. Um, Tony, you've had Tony on here before, haven't you?
0: Yes, we had Tony.
1: Tony, Tony Grant, okay, this is another story. And Tony won't mind me telling us, because we both told it on each other before. But, uh, I, um... We were fishing on the Lacs. We used to run with our Muskie M- Road Rules deal. We used to do on-the-water clinic, okay, like a like three-day on-the-water deal. And uh, it was one of the first times that we did Mille Lacs. And for guys that know, the Lacs is a big lake. It's 132,000 acres, second biggest lake in the state of Minnesota, big lake, wide open, no place to hide. Um, and Tony hadn't fished it that much. It was right before one of our schools. And... Uh, I was guiding the guy that was actually going to do our school the next day. This was on like a Thursday. And um, that Mille Lacs was a really big night fishing Like We night fished the sun. I went two years and never seen the sun. It was, it was a lot of night fishing. Hmm.
3: So Sounds we're
1: cool. out there and I ask him, I go, hey, do you mind if Tony comes to the boat so I can show him some of these feet that we're going to be fishing for the school? Says no problem. So he comes out. We're in the boat cabin. Tony drove over from Eagle River and uh, and we're fishing at night and it was a slow night, finally about 11 o'clock. My, my client, uh, Larry, who's going to be doing the field with, he uh, he gets a fish on. Uh, gets a nice fish in the boat, nice mid-40s. And the way my was is, is, again, around the moon phase, it could be really, really good. And it was really short feeding windows. But it's the only lake where I've ever caught, you know, multiple times caught fish on back-to-back casts. And, and uh, the fish really packed up there. Well, we're, um, we're fishing... And like twenty minutes later, I hear, you know, it's, it's like eleven thirty at night now and I hear the water, you know, splash and Tony says, I got one so inside the boat. I laid my rod down, like, oh great, I lay the rod down. I turned my headlamp on, I grabbed the net. When I turn around, there's Tony and Larry just kinda of staring at me. And I go, uh, I go, where's the I go, what happened? He goes, oh, he goes I lost the fish. And at the same time he's just kinda of, I could tell they're both kinda of perplexed and I go, What's going on? I go, Where's your rod? He goes, Well the fish got it. <laughs>
3: said,
1: what do you mean the fish got it? He goes, I don't know. It got really weird. Something happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, it was like 10 minutes, you know, it like, oh, wasn't 10 minutes. But like five minutes later, we're all kind of just still wondering what the hell went on. And we hear this flash behind the boat. I turn around. We all kind of turned around with our headlamps on. Week, and this fish comes up behind the boat just thrashing, thrashing like crazy. And this fish comes up. And about, you know, three feet behind it is Tony's rod, just following the fish. He was trying to throw the bait. So the fish is jumping. The rod's jumping with, with the fish. And uh, <laughs> so this fish, for so till like 3 in the morning, we're sitting here, uh, you know, and every time we hear, I mean, we could hear a loon splash in the water. We're catching at a thing it, think that's the fish. We're going to snag the rod or something. But the fish probably come up about four times. Well, we get on to the school. Uh, school goes, for, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday evening. I was doing a night trip and, uh, I was fishing with a guy and his wife and I sat, and we're pulling up into this little weed bed and this weed bed is probably maybe 15 yards by 15 yards, really, really tiny spot. And, uh, I'm telling them, you know, Hey, we got to, you know, I'm telling them about the fish that kills rods and, keeps props and all that stuff.
3: And, uh, <laughs> he, uh, his
1: wife is a uh, cast and uh, she's casting along, and she sets the hook, and she goes, "I think I got, got one." I go, "Oh, good." And she starts finding. She goes, "I don't know if I've got one or not." And I go, "Oh, have you got something?" She's uh, like, "Yeah, I got something." So she brings it up, and she brings her bait up. It's got uh, a piece of line hooked to her bait. I go, "Oh, bring it over here." So I start pulling up on the line, and and uh, sure enough, uh, it was Tony's rod. Uh, was actually, we'd actually snagged on the drive, was on the exact same icon. I go, What's the chance of this? So I gave her the rod and just started reeling. And she got a 47 incher that Tony had hooked oh three
2: my days before. So on, the, the... Uh, oh, my uh, God. So it was
1: a 47, it took three days to land it, but we got it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but that fish uh, was in the same spot and I actually uh, uh, caught the fish, the same fish, um, a week later on the same spot on the same bait. Um, so it was really stupid or aggressive.
0: The the but, same uh, bait that Tony had on.
1: Huh?
0: Was it the same bait that Tony had on? Or was it the bait that the woman oh, it was,
1: was. his st- rod.
0: Okay. Well, I, oh, I didn't. No,
1: it was his rod. We caught his rod and she wheeled us in on his rod.
0: Now, let me ask you did <laughs> no, you, you give the rod back? Yeah. Did you give the rod back? Yeah. Oh, oh.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. He got his rod back.
0: Oh, I would have uh, yeah, charged
2: him. That's a good. That's a good way to do business. Year,
1: but, uh, yeah, up. he got his rod back, but it was uh, it was pretty crazy. The one thing about Malax is there was always crazy uh, stuff like that happen. I got one more night story if we got time for it.
0: We got all the time in the world.
1: Okay. Well, there's another story. I was guiding these guys there from. Uh, actually, they were from Philly, uh, from Philadelphia, up there. I'll change their names to uh, to protect the innocent. And uh, <laughs> they were. Um, <laughs> They were uh, fishing with me, it's after dark, and, and again, I mean, it's dark. I mean, one thing about Mille Lacs that they liked it dark, where you couldn't see, you know, this was one of those nights where you couldn't see nothing, hand in front of your face, and so we're fishing along and, and making casts, and we're, this is kind of when cowgirls came out, so you had the big seven-on-hooks, you got some big blades going in the air, and we used to call them uh, Mille Lacs uh, Minnesota Wind Chimes, because all you hear is these, these blades just tinkering in the air. And we're fishing, and and, uh, here's um, the guys up front, and and they're both standing right beside each other. And and I hear the one guy cast, and I just hear the other guy just let out this yell.
3: Mm. Just
1: loud, like scream. Like, ugly. So I turn the headlamp on, and there is the one guy is reeling his bait in, the other guy is crouched down in the front of the boat, holding his head, and there is blood everywhere. Oh my. Absolutely everywhere. It looks like. I mean, it, it looked like somebody threw a water balloon full of blood. I don't know why you would do that, but it's <laughs> everywhere. And they're, and I'm like, what's going on? And he, goes, I, and he goes, oh, I think he hit me in the head. And the guy catching the band, on the band, I'm like, there's no way I hit you in the head because I would, there's no way I would have felt it. I did not hit you in the head. You're dumb. And uh, they had, um, so I'm like up there, and then I mean, he got this big gash on the side of his head. And, uh, so I'm like, you know, we're trying to stop the bleeding. The only thing I had was a sock.
3: Oh, not a gosh. good thing to
1: stop bleeding with. <laughs> uh, and he's, uh, he's holding his head and I'm like, I, you know, something happened, uh, up here cause he's got this giant gash. And again, we're, we're fishing after dark and the other guy's reeling his bait and he goes in to do the figure eight. And when he does the figure eight, I'm like, and again, he, he is adamantly against you. Know, there's no way I hit you in the head. to are lying. Oh my God. Uh, you know, I, not hit you in the head. And uh, he does the figure eight, and he pulls his bait out of the water, and I kind of look, I go, what is that behind your bait? And he turns his uh, his headlamp on. Well, the other guy that was in the front of the boat, were night fishing, so we all wear headlamps. Well, there was the guy's headlamp hanging off the back of his cowgirl that he had ripped off his head.
3: <laughs> so he hit the
1: guy in the head with the bait with a straightened-out treble hook and a and a, a turned-on headlamp behind the bait. Oh,
2: my to, God.
1: Beside the, beside the boat, so... That's uh, that's my true story. So
2: how much do you night fish now?
1: Not as much. I, uh, you know, I did it, I did it a ton. I, I got PTSD from it. I can't uh, do it as much as I do uh, in the past. It's, uh, it is a... That is brutal. To me, it's hard to night fish anymore. But, I mean, I still do it some. I mean, I used to, when I literally studied some for two years, I, was, I wasn't exaggerating too much. I was fishing, my normal schedule was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh, every day, and uh, that's a hard schedule to keep going.
3: Cool. Um, yeah.
1: And I uh, I used to, I mean, and, and I tell you, in Minnesota right now, one of the best bites going, and even, this is actually true on a lot of lakes, and it's just if you're willing to do it, you'll get fish. It's, you know, late fall, like November, cold water, especially on bodies of water that have, like, Cisco or, or fall spawning baitfish. Um, lakes that have a, have a fall spawning baitfish, like Cisco, Tulabee, and and whitefish and that, the, the baitfish fish that, that spawn in the fall, um, those fish, you know, there is a great trolling bite after dark uh, on those lakes. But the only problem, I mean, it's nasty. I mean, I've caught, oh, I've I've trolled many a night in November till four in the morning, and it'd be twenty, you know, twenty degrees out, and uh, and you'll get some really big fish doing it. But let me tell you, it will it will take take years off your life. Mm. Um, but you can uh, you can definitely catch them uh, when it's like that and, but it, it, it's hard you know in the summer night fishing you know I mean it, it's good I mean the thing is at St. Clair you really don't have to do it you can um, and you can catch fish doing it but you can get a lot of fish during the day too which is you know I like
0: that <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well.
0: to I mean that's, that's a big uh, that's a big part of it oh yeah sleeping at night is natural yeah yeah, so it, it's good to, to stay within nature's balance. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a...
1: I, I don't mind night fishing. Night fishing's fun. There's some big fish to be caught during doing it, and I, you know, I do think you know, there's, some of these big fish are definitely nocturnal, especially when you want to catch them the way you want to catch them. You know, if you like throwing buck and stuff, you know those days are not going to bite those days during the day. They're just not there. And at night, you know they'll, they'll move up in the week and catch them. Um, but you know, and, and, and sometimes it comes down to when's the easiest time to catch them, or when you know, for me, guys, you know, I've got people of all different skill levels. You know, I've got to figure out when is the time that this person can get a pitch. and then you got to adapt your schedule to it.
3: You know, that's a
2: that's a lot of it. Usually, it's not in the middle of the night.
1: <laughs> Usually, <laughs> it's not in the
3: middle
2: of the night. Usually, that, that client's going to want to sleep.
1: I'm getting older. I've got some beauty here. My hair's falling out. I got to, you know, I got to. <laughs> I got to get some sleep, <laughs> um, but they, you know, it was there for a while, man, we fished a lot of nights, and, and you know, and, and it, 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 it's funny, because night fishing, you know, guys are like saying, oh, I want a night fish, and they go off for an hour after dark, and they're like, uh, you know, and they're like, oh, we didn't catch one, it's not that good, well, that's not night fishing, that's just going a little bit after dark, you know, night fishing to me is night fishing, you know, and guys say, oh, I've you, you know. Have you ever done real late at night? And those, most guys will say, "No, I've never done late at night." And you ask them, "Have you ever fished really late at night?" Well, no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the thing. You got to put the time in. It's just like day fishing. You know, you'll find hot windows, and you know, like like for us in August, you know, when it's super super hot out, you know, our best bite was from three a.m. to five a.m. You know, and there's not many people in their right mind would be out there then. But that's you know, that was the best bite, and we got a lot of really big fish super, super late like that, but, you know, it's hard, man. I, I
0: did that for a long time. Yeah, I, I kind of like you and walking somewhere, I, I probably will stay in bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll fish late and I, I'll fish late and you And let me
0: do the walking. That'll yeah. be, <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. I, I think walking I'm, sounds uh, safer. you know, I, I might be leaning more towards the walking. Mm. Well, maybe not. Maybe somebody would like I said, carry me, I'd be good. uh, I would definitely be into that. But, but no, I mean, there's a lot of ways to catch these fish. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's fun. There's all, all kinds of ways. There's no right or wrong way to do it as long as you get them.
0: That's right. Well, we're going to, we're going to end this podcast here, two hours and almost 10 minutes. And uh, I'm going to hit up the plugs. We're going to, Fatty Z Muskie products, fattyzmuskie.com. Check us out on Facebook, you heard at the beginning, Todd Young on Facebook, let, be his friend. And you can see, well, he'll be posting up some fish photos. He's been holding all year um, just for this winter net that's coming. And uh, we got Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, mcfishingguides.com. And Greg, what are your plugs again? get?
1: Oh, uh, well, I've got a bunch. I got... Uh... Uh, we got Muskie Road Rules. We're going to be doing one, and uh, I think we're doing one in Butler at the day's end.
3: Uh, really?
1: In February? Yeah, it's going to be. We're going to we're going to do one there, and it's going to be a should be a should be a good time. You can go to MuskyRoadRules dot Musky with a Y, uh, roadrules.com, dot and, and see all the info there. And we got the Muskie shows. We got the Ohio Muskie Show in Columbus it's, uh, last weekend of January twenty second third and twenty fourth of January come over. We're gonna have oh gosh, we'll have about sixty five to seventy five booths. All kinds of stuff. You guys are gonna be there with Bad A Z and
0: right, we got a double August booth
1: gonna be there. You got a double but yeah so you're gonna get double the pleasure with your guy
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, <laughs> it's, uh you know, we got all kinds of good stuff there. We got, you know, we, you know, some retailers that are coming. Thorn Brothers are gonna be there from Minnesota. They're gonna have plenty of rods and, and uh, reels and they're going to have uh, hopefully some electronics this year we're going to have you know you know you can just meet the manufacturers and if you're if you're just getting the muskie fishing it's something that you might want to come and see i mean it, it, it'd be a great way to shorten the learning curve we're going to have some good seminars and stuff uh, and that's the last weekend in january we got southern Musky fest southern muskie fest down in moorhead kentucky it's a small show but i think it's going to be a good thing you know, a, you know, a lot of West Virginia, Kentucky. Hopefully, some Tennessee guys come up. And if you come to that show, I guarantee you, you're gonna. The people watching at that show should be excellent. That's what I'm really hoping for. There should be some, <laughs> some awful good people watching that one. Uh, so that'll be a good show. And then, uh, if you want to check me out, uh on uh, on the line. And then. You know, Facebook. I'm always looking for more friends. If I could get a Filipino friend, that'd be great. I have them all over. I'm lacking a Filipino, so if you're out there, please be my friend.
2: Um, and, and, uh, Minority. And
1: I put all kinds of pictures up and and stuff, and uh, and yeah, just uh, go to Greg Thomas uh, on uh, you know on Facebook, and and if you send me, I will accept anybody. It does not matter. I accept you.
0: Um, Standards are low.
2: Uh, you,
1: what now?
0: The standards are low.
1: Standards are low, I would accept if you're Filipino and you're holding a muskie, you will get bumped right up to the front of the line. So, um, <laughs> I will, uh, yep, yeah, I accept anybody and, and, uh, and, yeah, like I said, check us out. I got a lot of, we got a lot of things going on and hopefully get to see, uh, see you guys at the shows this year.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about Muskie Road Rules real quick because I've, I've been to a couple of them. One as just, you know, a, a person that's coming to learn that was the, probably the first time you were in Pittsburgh I, f- I forget when that's actually mm-hmm. when I, I actually saw Todd for the first time there but you know we, we didn't talk but um, I, I, I've been to I, I spoke at last, last year's Pittsburgh one and uh, mm-hmm. every time I've been to him, the, you, you seem to get more free stuff than the cost of your, your admission to get into the to get into the little seminar thing. I mean, it, it's a we re- are
1: good at raffles. We we pride ourselves on raffles. Um, the, uh, definitely, yeah. You, it's thirty five bucks to get in. Women and children are free. Uh, uh, Caitlin Jenner's half price. Um, oh my god!
3: Amazing.
2: Amazing.
1: You know, it's it, it's a good show. You have thirty five bucks to get in. You got, you know, everybody gets at least two door prizes. You know, as we always say the first round of door prizes are really good. The second, second round of door prizes well. I hope you like a talking mug.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: it's, uh, you know, we we give some really good door prizes. We got raffles going on. We usually print around a sixteen to twenty page booklet that you get. Uh, it's got a lot of good information in it. Um, we've also got. Uh, Uh, just some regular raffles that we do there and we got uh, you know it's just a good way to meet people and and talk fishing for the day and it's just a good way to spend a winter day you know
0: oh it's it it, it, yeah it's a great thing you know I I remember and you probably don't remember this because you've been to a lot of them that the first one you did in Pittsburgh after everyone did their door prizes twice there was still a bunch of stuff on the table and I, I might be giving this you know someone might try this again I went up to you and Tony, like, uh, towards the end of the show, and uh, I said, hey, I know a guy that'll take the rest of that stuff off the table, and you guys looked at me like, get it out of here. I walked out with so much stuff. The guy was you. The guy was me.
1: <laughs> that was the end. Yeah, that, that, that used to be the last show, yeah.
0: The guy was you. Yeah,
1: it used to be the
3: last one. He, we did, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, like I said, we do a lot of stuff. We try to promote everybody that we can at them, and, and you can get some really nice uh, door prizes. The thirty-five bucks is pretty much a push with the stuff that you get, you know. And yeah. if you're if you're wanting to get into musky fishing, it's it's just a or you've done it for a long time. I mean, it's it's a great, it's a it's a good event. You're going to hear some different ideas, some different talks, and things. of, and it's actually just a lot of it's like a it's just a great way to spend the day, and thirty five bucks more than um, I believe. Like uh, you, you you do a seminar, and Tony does a seminar at each, at each event, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then they get a couple of local guys in from the area to yeah. do something. It's all I mean. It's fun. I mean, I was watching guys. They showed us how to repair rods last time. I mean, I I I enjoy going to them, even though I you know something. You usually participate.
0: I mean, it's fun to go to. Yeah. And then you yeah. do that new bait yeah, no, thing. I mean, you, you, you yeah. showcase all those new baits.
1: Yeah. We showcase, we have a new product review that we showcase all the new baits, actually all the new products that we can get our hands on for the year. We try to show to guys and, and I, I fill a all underwater, which is usually at a pool somewhere with a kid swimming in the background, which is always nice. <laughs> and it is, it, it's, it's you get to see the bait underwater. You get to see all the product, and um, we do a full multimedia presentation. And guys really like it. You, know, you can actually see the bait. You can touch the bait, and then I actually show you what the bait's doing underwater. And, and guys get to really see uh, what it does. And it's just a great way to for manufacturers to showcase their products. And it's also a great thing for guys to uh, to uh, to see what's happening. So it's uh. It's you know, it's just a
0: good event. Yeah. So we'll end on that note. Uh thanks for listening and good luck fishing.